Hey, Lights, Camera, Barstool listeners, you can find us every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. To infinity and beyond! The Lord tells me he can get me out of this mess, but he's pretty sure you're fucked. It's why you fail. Can't handle the truth. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. Say hello to my little friend. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Say what again. Say what again. I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need. Rose. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? You get our son. Happy birthday, Polly. Oh, no, I got his son. Well, how's the joke, baby? Welcome to Lights, Camera, Bar. Still episode. Uh, we just had the real intro. Because fuck it. Girls got two episodes left. I don't give a shit. Yell at me. They're not going to sue us. No one's. What are they? Who's going to sue us? Braveheart? Only Look, one, only well, one the main the song, Brothers. The Prodigy, Stand Up by the Prod. Maybe that. Uh, oh, also, a pro- we're going to we're gonna add the podcast with, with a special song in the last two episodes here because we're not going to make it to October. So, so we have, like, we just have uh, 389 episode of, of Lights, Camera, Barstool. We have an interview with Frodo himself, Elijah Wood, today. We have. Uh, <laughs> it sounds so demeaning when you say it that way. Like, yeah. yeah, there's something about the name Frodo. It's nothing. It, the character's great. It's just the, the name has an association of it's, nerdiness to it. It's, it's like the tough. new the new lineup for for Jackass or Viva La Bam. It's like we got Rob himself, <laughs> and then Frodo himself also is yes. on the cast now. <laughs> but he was an awesome interview. He was one of the most enthusiastic interviews I think we've ever had. He was awesome. Um, yeah, very probably the most like in depth about his answers and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, we we're also we're going to talk about vacation friends for like 90 seconds. I think um, we have we're, we're doing the most ambitious thing in the history of this podcast today. Uh, there's we have two drafts left. We're going to have like the ultimate movie draft on Monday. By the way, Monday is the last episode. It's a it's a holiday weekend. So we you know, whenever there's a holiday, we go the day after uh, we're going to do a, a very large movie draft. But. Today is a 12-round chain restaurant draft. Um, it is, it's big. It's big. It's one of the most important things we've ever done in this podcast. It's ambitious. For sure ambitious. Three fast food chains or fast casual, three sit-down chains, three items, a logo, a restaurant exterior, uh, or building, and then the worst. Uh, we have a good czar. It's gonna be it's gonna be good. That's our I mean it's big. It's the biggest draft we've ever done. So people are saying ask, it's the biggest draft in the history of podcasting. Let me ask you let me ask you a quick question. If I pick like Jeff's Bonanza restaurant as my like best sit down chain, can I also pick that for the exterior? I think so, yeah. Correct. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean just, I, just I hope so. Sure. I have a lot of crossover here. So yeah, no, there's, there's, a, there's a no lot of crossover cross. in this in the category. No, no. Okay, yeah. that makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, so we'll do a we'll do a live 
drawing for first pick because I think that's very important. So we'll, we'll do all that. I have, yeah, okay. Anyway, what's uh, before we get into movie news? Uh, what's going on? What's what's happening? Trill was playing Kumbaya for it on his guitar right before he started. Incredible yeah, you, work. You were like, you're like, when's the last time you played that guitar? Why well, yeah. I didn't I didn't say it like that. You have a guitar in the back end of your <laughs> shot. I just asked, hey, when's the last time did you play that guitar? It was a very regular tone. There was no sarcasm behind it. I know. I know. Look, sometimes I'm a little defensive about my lack of. I'll do the thing where I'll sign up for what's the the music app. I'm not going to name it. No free ads or whatever. But I know what you're talking about. I don't remember the name. Yeah, it's like $19.99 a month, and it's like it's very fun. Like it, if that was around when I was 18, I definitely probably would have stuck with it. So like every now and then I'll, I'll sign up for that and I'll be like, yeah, I'm going to really get into it instead of playing call of duty from nine 30 until 11, I'm going to spend 90 <laughs> minutes on, on an enriching activity. And then I just end up playing call of duty from nine 30 till 11. You know, um, it's the ultimate app of fall off, which I think it, it has to be like a record for it. I don't know what, how they would be able to track this or what app would voluntarily tell the information, but I think Duolingo has to be that Duolingo has to be the most like picked up for a couple weeks and then dropped and then maybe picked up again like a year later, but then dropped again, like that sort of app. That's why they, that's why they have to do like the pricing tiers where it's like one month is like $30 or you can get a whole year for $199. Mm-hmm. Cause then you almost Cause, bully yourself into using it. Yes. Like that would be, that would be the price. I don't know what the pricing actually is. Don't quote me on that, but that that's as, as a top hat wearing wall street professional, that's the call I would make. Well, see, that's the the thing sometimes I would, I would try to trick myself into going to the gym with was like I would splurge on like a nicer gym or splurge on like um, training sessions, for example. And I'm like, I paid for this. I need to go to it. I can't skip it. You know what I mean? You know, the weird thing now that you mentioned that the weird thing about gyms has been everything else has gotten more expensive. I feel like gym prices have been the same since like I was 23. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, depending on which gym. Yeah. Oh, you were well, saying yeah. gem for a second. No, not going to the gem. Steve Nash's bar. Like, Great uh, place. That's well, that's a line from the town. Oh, gem a gem. They say he's a real gem. It's a line from the movie The Town. You know, the most annoying thing about gyms is that a lot of them are franchise based. So there'll be like a national chain, and you'll go into one, and it'll be palatial, it'll be clean, and then you'll go, you'll be traveling, and you'll go into another, and the upkeep just quite isn't there. We mm. can run the gamut on some of these national chains. That's why um, my advice is don't work out. Ride the Peloton for seven minutes a night. And that's all you really need. <laughs> exactly. you know, what is, what's the most ridiculous thing at a chain gym? And I know what you're going to say, and that's not the right answer. It's not the lunk alarm. But okay. you're close. For me, you, you want me to tell you what I think my most ridiculous thing at a chain gym is? It's a, It's a specific thing, though. It's a, is it like a piece of machinery equipment? No, it's it's something that a that a gym chain does. Cardio your, theater. Oh, your, pizza Mondays. Pizza Mondays at oh. uh, Planet Fitness. I yeah. thought you. I, I still think it's um, some gyms still have the cardio theaters, which is when you can tell the gym was built around like 2005, yeah. before people just really you could easily download a full movie to their phone and store it or whatever. But some gyms still have the cardio theaters, which like. I used to like working out in just because it was, it, you know, it was a dark environment. You kind of felt like in that environment, you, you lost track of time. So I could just get on the treadmill for 45 minutes and zone out. So people may still like them, 
I probably wouldn't use a cardio theater right now during COVID, just that being the room confined yeah. and whatever. Those but, were nice though back in the day. Back in the day, they were, but I don't. I would have to say, like, if I, if I'm building gyms right now, the gyms I think now have like um, they they've had spin rooms for a while, but I think they're just more breakout activity rooms for classes and, and things of that nature. That that seems like uh, I haven't been to a whole lot of gyms, but if I was building one, I, I would probably just have a an entire room where people just sit around and eat pizza on Mondays, and it's called the Garfield <laughs> Room. Actually, it's a lasagna. Yeah, I was gonna, gonna say. I'm just gonna just throw that one out there. The retro fitness I used to go to had both the activities room, which is for like I guess like Pilates and stuff like that, but then also the cardio uh, room, which you're talking about, where it's just like it, it theater, I guess. And neither of those, would, I think, are probably safe now to use. But man, they were great. But one gym thing I don't miss was that the gym I used to go to had a very overly aggressive gym owner. It was like a franchisee owner. Where like he would come up to people and like tell them to put the plates away, and he was like jacked, so like no one could really disagree with him except for the other bigger people. But like if you had, if you like left your your plate somewhere, he would come and be like, "Yeah, go pick that up and go put that back on the rack." Like he was very very aggressive. What do you think the most shown movie at cardio theaters nationwide has been, and why do you think it's the two thousand seven movie Shooter? Mm. Trying to that, think of what was the most law-abiding citizen. That's a movie. That to me, yeah, that that seems like a very cardio theater <laughs> type of movie shooter. Even law-abiding citizen. Anything with Gerard Butler in general, I feel like yes. is, a, is a pretty good bet. Gerard Butler probably is the most cardio theater uh, has the most appearances in cardio theaters nationwide. It would be like him. It would be Mark Wahlberg because we just like we just mentioned, and then there's who's another like like 2000 to 2020s action star that would fit that bill it wouldn't be not the rock it wouldn't be like it wouldn't i don't know i feel like we're missing a good one not matthew mcconaughey not like he's not even like an action guy i don't know i mean not tom cruise too because that's too elite you'd have to be the really elite gym for them to be showing tom cruise uh movies you can't afford you have to pay like, <laughs> i doubt they don't pay licensing right like you can they can show a dvd at a cardio theater I think and that's like, within the rights of owning the DVD, right? I don't the, know. I don't the, know. The Church of Scientology gym probably does it, which would be sick. You're working out with a bunch of guys. You're all wearing like full business attire, like a full suit, just like <laughs> going on a, like a Peloton bike, watching a Mission Impossible. It'd be awesome. I don't want. I don't want any beef there. It's not beef. I'm saying it's not cool. <laughs> I'm saying it's legitimately cool, knowing they do that. Oh, you know what I did? I. Uh, you guys heard of this? You heard of this? You've seen of this? You probably have because I'm three years behind on everything. The the one chip challenge. Yeah, are we. Yeah, you sent us a picture of you trying it on your of your own volition, like no one else coercing you into doing it. Yeah, had, unprov- you just yeah, you're you unbelievable. It was it was hot. I'm gonna. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty hot. No one needs to try it anymore. You just summed it up perfectly. The the, the chip is hot. Yeah, you know it's always weird it's always weird eating something that's really hot because like some of the things that will, they'll just instantly take my breath away. But then some of the things like I'll start and I'll just be like, okay, this isn't that bad. And then 15 seconds later, I'm just drinking milk. Yeah. That it is not a fun time. I think I, I ate it actually, I think live on big of true um, when we were being still doing Barstow radio and it was yeah, you did, very you did eat it on radio. And yeah. the one, the one this year looks even hotter. I don't know. I mean, I just, I think it's crazy you did it, but the fact that you did it well, alone while working is very funny to me. 
Did you did you lie after? <laughs> I charged iPhone. Yeah, I charged iPhone eight hot chip and lied. Charged iPhone. It's <laughs> one of the funniest tweets ever. Uh. It is. Uh, yeah, it, it's hot. I don't think it. I don't think it's that wild that I did that unprovoked though. It's it, kind of it, wild. It, but isn't it a curiosity thing to see that and be like? How hot could this this they're selling this chip next to Doritos? This chip cannot be that hot. I, I feel like it's almost it's not the same exact thing, but I feel like if you saw someone like, yeah, I just did the cinnamon challenge by myself at home. It's like that's just I don't know. I, there's no point in doing like, yeah, it's gonna suck like by yourself. But the whole I feel like the 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 what's gratifying about doing those things is like the reaction of people around you when you would all try it. You know, it, it takes me back to a time. It's probably a decade ago, but I was uh, I was at work, and one of the one of the directors had a hobby. They they grew ghost peppers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was their hobby. They liked really hot stuff, so they brought some ghost peppers in. And I I was curious. I I went over and I kind of cut a little piece of the ghost pepper, oh, and, no. you know, put it in my mouth or whatever with my hand, and then uh, you know just kind of wiped it on my 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 Brooks Brothers. Uh, non-iron slacks and then like went back to work and i'm sitting there at my desk and my eyes start burning because <laughs> i'd been rubbing my eyes with my hand oh. that had touched the ghost pepper i basically just had to go into the bathroom stall for about 45 minutes of a work day and wait it out yeah i remember we used to grow tabasco peppers at my house and uh our neighbor once he tr- he like tried one because like oh yeah it's pretty hot but then he like had the shit on his fingertips and he rubbed his eyes and he had to go to the hospital because like the pepper wow. sauce got in there. Dang. I, like, I'm glad I didn't have to go to the hospital. That sounds. For some reason, I, I thought you just said the way the order in which you said that you said it correctly, but it sounded like you said he ate the hot thing and then to help he shit, shit on, on his, his fingertips. Yeah. No, no. He got the shit on his fingertips. Okay, I thought you, yeah, from... yeah, for a second, I'm like, did you just say he shit on his fingertips? It's like no. peeing on your hand to help with the calluses, but it's like. You give yourself pink eye, it nullifies the spice. That's yes. just how it works. That's one of the the great side effects of pink eye. Did you know that, that you're not supposed to sleep naked because you, every time you fart when you're underneath the blanket, like you're essentially your underwear acts like a mask and it stops like the, the shit particles from getting out. And like if you, if you fart while you're asleep, you essentially like give yourself pink eye by letting the, the shit particles out, which I, I, I sleep just, naked like almost every day. I can't help it. But like, I, I just knowing that makes me grossed out. It's probably one of those things where like maybe it increases the chances. But I also think that like if you actually like if it, if a um, someone came down and granted you a wish and you're like, I want to know how many shit particles are around me right now. You'd be shocked at the amount of shit particles continuously around you during the day, especially if you have pets. Um, I don't want to know the answer to that. But also, I'm ne- you're never going to catch me sleeping naked. Never uh, gonna catch me. You wear I'm, nothing but socks. That's the Trobolin special. No, I wear I wear underwear and I wear like a, a quadruple XL like <laughs> uh just promotional t-shirt like a you know like a teenager does. Just so, just a a big a big t-shirt. You got fired out of a, a a cannon at a sports game, and the only thing you do is wear it to bed. I like no, nah, I, I just don't I don't know. I'm not I'm not a naked sleep guy. I feel too exposed. You Winnie the Pooh? Basically, uh, so you no, wear an no. oversized T-shirt, but very and, and boxers. But the but does the oversized T-shirt cover up your boxers when you stand up? No, I, it's not like that oversized. It, it's just like a you know, I like a looser fitting T-shirt. The loose fit legend himself likes a looser fitting T-shirt. 
when he goes mm. to sleep. But it's I'm not talking about like, you know, a, a that big of a t-shirt. I just I just the Winnie the Winnie the Pooh, that implication is that you wear a shirt and no pants. And that to me, like I can understand people sleeping naked, but I just don't, I would never get someone who would just wear a shirt and no pants. It is honestly the worst look at any given man. It doesn't matter how, how hot you are. You can be the hottest man in the world. If you wear a shirt and that's it, it's just a disgusting, it could be Henry Cavill. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just a disgusting visage. A guy with a shirt and no pants. It looks, yeah. It, it, anytime a guy wears a shirt with no pants and, and uh, I, I guess the only exposure I really have to that is like a create a character in a video game or a video game where you take like the armor off and the, you know, the, the avatar is essentially wearing a shirt, no pants. Mm-hmm. It's, it's weird. It's uh, it, it looks like one of those things that, you know, those mismatch games as a kid where you had like the head, the body, and then the, the pants. And, and it is just a, is a visual. It's kind of shocking. It's just, it's never going to look good. Again, it doesn't matter how attractive you are as a man. Just there's no way it can ever look good. Just can't. It's just nature. I wear, I wear Nike Pro Combat compression tights and a shirt to bed. Just just to maximize the space on the bed. I'll just say this. I sleep naked almost every night and I haven't gotten pink eyes. So I don't even think it's true. But I heard it somewhere and I was just, it bugged me out for a second. Just like how like. When you hear you eat a trillion baby spiders in your sleep, whatever else, bullshit like that. You stop and think about it for a second, right? Well, I mean, Jeff, Jeff do you wear long johns? No. <laughs> that sounds awful. No way. That sounds well, terrible. What were you saying, Ray? Uh, the spiders? I, I, no, I was just saying, like, no, I was just saying that, like, it makes sense. Like, it's not like you just tossed out a wild theory. I mean, if you fart with pants on, the fart particles aren't going to hit things outside of the pants, most likely. Mm-hmm. But if you fart without pants on, the fart's going to travel. Makes that's sense. Need, that's why you need that antimicrobial filter in, in yeah. underwear. Because then it just, it's like, it's like a Brita. Just the only thing that gets through is a smell. But do you give yourself like a, a uh, essentially like you're giving yourself like a, a typhoid blanket or whatever, except it's pink eye blanket. You know what I mean? Is that the case then? So, like, if you uh, flip your blanket accidentally, are you going to, like, give yourself pink eye? Maybe that's no, I, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, pink eye is a thing that that I, I feel like if 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 ship if you your eyes were that sensitive to shit particles, people would be walking around pink eye all the time. True. Yeah, it's you're like, right. It, it feels like it's the perfect intersection of of the wrong bacteria or viral particles or whatever. I, I actually do not know what conjunctivitis really is mixed with uh your immune system just being down which on this podcast always at a very high risk of pink eye yep right at the bottom right there at the bottom that was shit particle talk no it's pink eyed pink eyed talk to be yeah we'll make it shit particle talk it's 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 the the bob the bob costas special (laughs) oh man one of the funniest pictures i've ever seen I'd love to have a legendary career that's basically just distilled down to like one unfortunate time where he had pink eye. And that's like, I don't know. That's definitely not the first thing people bring See? up when they bring up Bob Costas. But if you were to say, what's a list of your top five Bob Costas moments in terms of memorableness, pink eye would be up there. Unfortunately, he he's... sleeps naked every night. That's a well-known fact about Bob Costas. Yeah. I'm probably unrelated, but still. He, he... <laughs> 
That was the deleted part of the Olympics. It's like I slept naked last night. Farted all over I'm my Bob eyes. Costas. I sleep naked every night. Well, back to the skiing. You should blog that tomorrow. Did Bob Costas get pink eye at the 2014 Olympics from farting on farting without pants on while asleep? <laughs> what, what, what is it in the Google search? Let's see. Bob Costas. God, his eyes were so gross. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm already on the page for pink eye, so that might be a skewed result. Let me <laughs> let me pull it up again. <laughs> There's so many pictures of pink eye. Let's see. Bob Costas. So Bob Costa's pink eye is the second suggestion. And I don't know if it's because I've already Googled pink eye or not, <laughs> but that's kind of unfortunate. It is. It is very unfortunate, but also very funny. How do they let him on air like that? I mean, I, so I, I, don't, I don't know. I think, I think it speaks to Bob Costas. Like we just, Warrior. Needed, we needed him at that moment and we will take him any way he comes. I farted last night. I cupped it. <laughs> Rocked it into my own face to see the smell. You, everyone likes their own brand. It unfortunately gave me conjunctivitis. Moving on, we're in Sochi live from Slive from Sochi night. Sochi night. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tweet. I, I decided if I'm tweeting this out yet or not, but a little. I mean, this this could be of all the things that we've tweeted during the episode. What I would potentially tweet here might be the weirdest. But thing we, we should just spread the fake rumor. Like, be like, there's gonna be a movie about. Uh, Bob Costas getting pink eye at the Olympics. <laughs> Who would star in it, though? <laughs> That'd Mark be funny. Ham- Mark Hamill. <laughs> should, I, should, I, should, I, should I tweet this? Uh, uh, I think it's funny. Let's see, let's see what happens with the rest of the episode. Okay, okay. Sure. Yeah, that might be a... Yeah. Okay. Sure All it is, by the way, is, is a Google... Um, Google search says, did Bob Costas get pink eye from farting pants in sleep? Uh, we'll you, see. Maybe there could be something funnier to fire off. You think the uh, fart woke him up and he's like, oh, no, that, that was a pink eye fart. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Wait, make the mo- we'll make the movie poster. It'll be called like Tickled Pink or something. And it'll be Mark Hamill as Bob Costas <laughs> with, with sleep naked in his bed. He's on the red carpet. It's like, uh, Mr. Costas, you've had a legendary 40-year career. Uh, how does it feel to be at this really myo- myopic movie about <laughs> one particular point in your life that you'd like to forget? Oh, you'd love it. This yeah. episode brought to you in part um, by American Giant. That's right. Baird Winthrop. Never forget that CEO and founder of American Giant. Giant. I uh, made what he says is the greatest T-shirt of all time. And I'll be honest, pretty fucking good. Uh, he said, when you spend your time making clothes in the U.S., it causes you to think about the great American styles, uh, blue jeans, flannel shirt, pullover, sweatpants, sweatshirt, all that great stuff. And guess what? American Giants got all of that. They got their premium slub tee. Iconic silhouettes is made the right way with quality care right here in the USA. Custom non-see-through heavyweight slub fabric. You love to hear that. Combined with a tailored fit and comparable to other slub t-shirts. American Giant, they'll play a role uh, in making sure you look good, especially now that winter's come. American Giant's got a lot of good stuff, but I feel like their winter stuff is fucking great. Uh, their premium tees are very good. Made in L.A., 100% American-grown cotton. They spent over a year obsessing over the fabric and all of that, so you know it's good. That slub fabric holds color well, too. Rich, varied texture. Clothes don't go shitty in one wash. That's the point here. You can wash and dry the clothes, and they won't be garbage. Uh, get your new favorite tees at American, A-M-E-R-I-C-K. The A-M-E-R-I-C-A-N 
dash giant g-i-a-n-t dot com american dash giant dot com and use promo code lights l-i-g-h-t-s for 15 percent off your first order that's 50 percent off when you use code lights l-i-g-h-t-s at american dash giant dot com uh <clears throat> first bit of news final trailer uh there's been some delays top gun maverick got delayed till may 2022 it's supposed to come out this fall uh but and then Mission Impossible 7, which makes sense because Tom Cruise is in Top Gun Maverick, got delayed to September of next year. Other than that, the other big delays, nothing, nothing really got delayed today. There's talk about whether this has to do with like American uh, theaters and COVID or if it has to do with <clears throat> or if it has to do more with. Uh, um, what am I trying to say? Uh, the global market. So there's not a clear, this isn't like during when COVID hit and everything got delayed, 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 because people are like, what about Spider-Man? What about this? What about that? Ghostbusters, I think it's Ghostbusters, got delayed like a week. So it's still coming out this year. So there's there's a lot of, there's there's a lot of random like delays, but these were the only real big ones. So I, I don't really, we don't have much to say on that. I just, uh, this, that, that's our not very expert, expert take on the matter, I guess. They Trailer say- though. Hey, they, hey! They, they said, "What do you call it? That uh, the what do you call it? They like polled moviegoers and said that the um, I think eleven percent less people are comfortable with going to a theater compared to July. So it's like a, such a minuscule amount. I doubt that they would make like a, a push because of that sole reason. You know what I mean? No, nah, I mean it's. I mean it's not like a majority, right? I I, I think it's still meaningful enough, but." there's so much uh, like Jeff saying, like getting pushed back a week, like there's other things that go in it that I just do not understand. So I I unfortunately cannot comment on it, but I will tell you Tom Cruise, he's on a track. He he likes to release two movies a year, every five years Mm -hmm. Uh, or, or whereabouts. So 2008 Tropic Thunder, Valkyrie 2012 rock of ages and Jack Reacher. 2017 the mummy american made and five years later top gun maverick and mission impossible this might be his strongest slate of two it's movies true. a year i'm excited for top gun maverick a lot too i think it's gonna bang even if it's in a bad release date now I, I still think it's gonna be awesome i don't think that's a bad i don't think may yeah i don't know yeah you know it's gonna be it's gonna be fine man it's gonna be it's gonna be a nice uh i think a lot of people a lot of dads have been waiting for this moment for a long time mm, that's true yeah this is like, this is like uh what do you call it? I don't even know what there is. What's a comparable holiday? It's like Christmas for dads, basically. It's like it's like Father's Day, but a Father's Day that like your little league plays a doubleheader. Like Father's Day combined with Fourth of July, and your son hit the home run in that little league game. It's like a, a triple whammy. We will be. I don't even, can't even think of another movie that's a more dad's rock movie. You know what I mean? Like beyond Top Gun, what's the ultimate dad movie? Uh, Master and Commander. Yeah, but that's like too too recent. I feel like to have a revival. Although they are, did it say they were making something with it? Right? No, no. I mean, Top Gun. Top Gun is is. I, I was just trying to provide a counterpoint. I, I got to go with Top Gun. That's yeah. a, that's a that's a dad movie for sure. Bring back another video game for Top Gun too. Bring it full circle. Have the angry video game nerd uh, get mad about it too? Because yes. that, that's can't i i can't fucking land on this aircraft carrier a buffalo shit <laughs> as piss butt he'd rather have a buffalo take a diarrhea still, dump in his ear 
Still entertaining. I'm I'm shocked he's been doing it for 20 years. Dude, I saw he put up a YouTube with uh, he put up a YouTube. He put up a YouTube video where like he um he brought back his one of his friends that he uh used to borrow Sega games from and he like played the Sega games with him and like he had used those games for his reviews before. Really cool. It's a really sweet video. That's Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Starring well, the angry that's video been delayed game. a ton is no games time to die. No Time to Die is no longer delayed as of now. It comes out October 8th and it got a final trailer. It better fucking come out now because it said final trailer. I hope it never releases. I hope it gets buried and they, we never get to watch it at this point because we've been waiting to watch this movie for like three years. I don't, I just don't care anymore. Daniel Craig's just, he, he, he got his like worst wish is just being trapped as James Bond <laughs> forever. Yeah, he's literally in a loop right now. Continuously having to do promo for this every year, and then the movie getting pushed back more. <laughs> Actually, I don't. How much promo has he done for it? I don't. I don't recall seeing him in any like talk shows or anything like that, or uh, interviews or, or anything like that either. That's interesting. I don't know. I don't. I don't think the circuit star. I don't. I actually don't think they've done any promo for it. But I just. And one of my favorite mental images, like I, I think of uh, Daniel Craig as very Harrison Fordy, like just like wanting to ask and or wanting to be asked questions about James Bond. <laughs> he wants to finish this up so he can work on his next project where he's playing Bob Costas with Pink Eye. <laughs> <laughs> this he movie's, can do it. This movie's also 163 minutes. Okay, that's I don't know. I, that's I feel like it's not that crazy. Skyfall is probably pretty long, right? Oh, I'm guessing Skyfall was 140 minutes. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think, again, at this point, I feel like we've been waiting for this movie for so long that I, personally, I just I want to get it over with. It's almost like hit New Mutants territory where, like, obviously, that's a very different sort of delay. But, like, it's in that realm of for me where I'm like, I just at this point, I just want to see it. And I'm not particularly excited to do so, at least compared to before. I'm still excited to see it. I can't. I can't wait to see Rami Malek and see what he does with uh, <laughs> his character. Watch him. You know what? I can't ever let us talk about James Bond without mentioning the name Barbara Broccoli. Just an awesome name. Yeah, Bar- Barbara. Barbara Broccoli. And, Did the trailer uh, do anything though for like your? Th- I mean, I just like I just got to see the movie, right? Like that's that's what we're saying. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's no point. There's. I mean, yeah. There's no amount of it just it's another reminder that it still hasn't come out yet because before this trailer you could have convinced me this movie had came out and i had seen it mm-hmm. Do i remember the we first saw like they had like a behind the scenes clip they had dropped for it where like it's daniel craig walking around with like a spear gun or something like that I'm like oh damn this is gonna be pretty sweet and then like they had the the first look with him in the suit right damn we're pretty excited for this that was like two years ago over that you know, what'd be awesome is like you know Ray Fiennes is M in this movie, but like, what if you got to like you sat down in the theaters and it was it was Dame Judi Dench, and there was just <laughs> no explanation for why her character is returning. I just love that switcheroo. Yeah, that would have be Timothy. How about if it was instead of that, it was just Timothy Dalton was now James Bond again. He's alive. I see you you're in the back of your head checking to see if he's like I, actually dead. I, he's not. I, yeah, no, you were exactly right in that. Like I was taking inventory on uh, if Timothy Dalton's on, dead or alive. Yes, I was. I was. <laughs> I saw the I look in your sc- eyes. I was that, scanning. Like, oh shit, Kendrick I was, just said he's alive and he's definitely dead. He's alive. Well, I just you know I wanted to make sure before I riffed on it. Um, and my riff on that is uh, no. 
<laughs> yeah, and no, I think you're right on that. Although personally, I would love to see Timothy Dalton in more stuff. You remember uh, in Hot Fuzz how funny he was as like the mm-hmm. Skinner, right? Was his name at the night? Oh man, he was so good. I miss Timothy Dalton, and then he gets his like uh, jaw impaled by the church steeple in the model village. It was gross. Um, episode <clears throat> No Time to Die, October eighth, if it even comes out. Who knows? Uh, brought to you in part by Upstart. That's right, folks. Uh, Upstart is a fa- U-P-S-T-A-R-T. It's a fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan online, whether it's paying off credit cards, consulting high interest debt, funding personal expenses. Over half a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment. Uh, Upstart knows you're more than just your credit score, and they're making sure uh, they're expanding access to affordable credit. Unlike other lenders, too, they'll consider your income, current employment, all that to find a smarter rate for your loan. And with a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate up front from uh, loans up to uh, $50,000. Funds as fast as one business day, too, doesn't get better than that. Find out how Upstart, U-P-S-T-A-R-T, can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash lights. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your own application. Thank you to Upstart for sponsoring the podcast. Two sequels. One. Jungle Cruise getting a sequel with The Rock and Emily Blunt. Uh, not entirely very. I'm not very. I'm not surprised by that. Right? Do you think? Do you think it's another Jungle Cruise? I mean, or they just did another ride. No, no. I mean, do you think it's going to be set in uh, another jungle, or, or do you think they go to a different um, biome? I feel like the story was wrapped, at least at that location, with those characters. Maybe they they do a flash forward of some sorts. Like, it's not the same characters. Although, I feel like the the intrigue would go significantly down if it wasn't The Rock and Emily Blunt. Oh, it's got to be. It's got to be The Rock and Emily Blunt. Like, yeah, I, don't, I don't think you make this without The Rock and Emily Blunt. I don't know, man. All right, uh, Jeff. Back me up on this one, Jeffrey. Would be, uh, would be quite bad without them. I, I don't think it's... Like, I think that's half the draw. Jungle Cruise with James Corden. Uh, don't you just spoke that into existence? He's going to be the next one. I will. Almost, yeah. I am almost willing to bet money right now that he will be cast. Hello, the Rock. Because, because they they they, <laughs> they they listened to our review and they heard me saying like there needed to be a silly man on the boat, and they took from the monkey paw curled, and they took from that uh, instead of Josh Gad, they're getting James Corden. And he's like, oh oh this this cruise. Wow. Oh, I mm-hmm. fought it without pants on. Yeah. Now that's a guy I would love to see get pink eye. Uh, I, I'm not, I don't want to speak that evil out there, but if, if James Corden had pink eye and still did the show, it'd be very funny. It'd be funny if like James Corden did the jungle cruise, but every line of dialogue was him breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you're the rocks exactly in right. this movie. Wow. Can you believe it? Steamboat karaoke. That's a new type of comedy drama. Fourth wall breaking with with James Corden. Well, oh, yeah, because, because the fourth wall character is basically like the the YouTube reaction uh, uh, comment streamer, like for the movie itself and planted in the movie. Like maybe mm-hmm. even you just have like a screening of Jungle Cruise two with like it's like James Corden reacts to Jungle Cruise two, yeah. and it's just him watching Jungle Cruise two. Wow. I- What's weird is like I I don't think anything about this movie, at least the original Jungle Cruise. It was set itself up for a sequel at all. 
or like warranted necessarily a sequel other than the fact that it was like enjoyable and I'm assuming made them quote unquote money or even though it was you know streaming theater but still uh so I don't know man it's it's not a movie I want to have a sequel is what I'm trying to say I think they I think they set it up for a sequel but I'm kind of with you it's just uh you're using 200 million dollars I could think of a better use of 200 million dollars than making the Jungle Cruise 2 although Disney might not see eye to eye with me on that one Mm-hmm. Just give yeah. it all to James Corden. Yeah, get let give him the keys to the franchise. Let him write and direct as well. You let know, I do like a one man show. In, you can also see him in the sequel to Vacation Friends, which is happening as well. You see, now that warrants a sequel for a movie in Hulu's history. <laughs> that see that warrants a sequel though. I, I think that's a movie that you can easily make a sequel for without having to like, jump through any hoops or anything like that. Yeah, because it costs like what ten million dollars to make. Dude, watching that movie, I was like, there's no chance they spent more than like the money of the cat they spent on the cast, whatever that amount was, plus like a million bucks. And it was, it worked. And this, this, from a business standpoint, I definitely see the sequel here because it's like, well, people are into this. And actually, it was a lot better than a lot of people thought it would be. A lot of people being uh, one man on a podcast thought it was (laughs) going to be garbage and it actually was okay. I like how that outpaced, like, what was it? Like, Palm Springs was a Hulu original, for example. Like, this just destroyed Palm Springs records. Palm Springs is a significantly better movie, but it had no chance versus this. Yeah, but it's like the, the audience for this is so broad. Like, this, yes. is, this is like something, you know, a, a family will sit down and watch versus Palm Springs. Like, I would, like, five minutes in and my mom would be like, what, what is this movie? <laughs> As, no, I completely agree. And there is a very there is a comfort food level to the uh, to the vacation fringe, which I'm sure we'll get into. And by the way, my Will one, we though? but for you know, if you're gonna make your point about vacation friends, I would just make it. Uh, here's a there's not necessarily a point I have to enjoy a movie. I gave it a 61 out of 100. It was a lot yes. better than I I I thought I was gonna give it like a, a 25, and I give it a 60. It was fucking fine. Cena with his messed up hair and his Hawaiian shirt smiling. That screams ten out of a hundred, and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. The messed up hair was definitely a big indicator, but it was it was comfort food, man. It was it was easy to watch, which I appreciated, and kind of had funny moments. And I think a lot of that has to do with John Cena having that you know hilarious delivery. Uh, but my one point I was going to say is I think that there should be a federal ban on movies ever having a character address their brother or sister as bro or sis. I feel like that you should no longer be allowed to do that because that is never something that has ever happened ever, ever. And I think you guys are no, well. No, no, Jeff. You, have, I, I don't. Know. But my brother is like, I would never call them bro, and I don't know anyone who calls their sister sis. It's just not a thing. It's not a thing. No, I'd never call my sister sis. Cartoon characters do it, but that's but that's the whole thing. It's like not real. No real humans do it. It's just it's not a thing. And that, that's the only that's my big takeaway. Oh, and King Bach was in this, or King oh. Batch, whatever you want to call him. It's King Bach. Come on, it has to be. I'm assuming he's making a playoff of Johan Bach, right? Is his first name? I don't know. He's been in, he's in a lot of movies now. Uh, Excuse me. He, yeah. he, uh, he apparently now goes by Andrew. Oh, maybe it is. His name is Andrew Bachelor. It's King, so Batch. King, Batch. King Batch then. Yeah. Oh, get the fuck out of here. What? That's fine. King Batch he's process. He's I know you apparently he's up going like by Andrew Bachelor now on his credits. Nah, I, I would do too. 
Yeah, it, but that, that is, he's, he got his fame through King Batch, or I guess we can't, we can't even say he got his fame. We don't even know how to pronounce his name correctly, but still. Yeah, but I, I think like, you know, you if you start on the internet, like in your, your uh, internet uh, like star or whatever, like you're going to have a name. And then if you want to become an actor, like you want to be like, you don't want to be like the internet person the rest of your life. Right. Like I, I, I get it. I guess I get it. Well, like, let's see, for example, like Aquafina got her, her start into acting through, I guess, like her music career. And like, that's her musical name. Like would Aquafina ever change to another thing? I don't know, because that's what I feel like most of us know her by now, you know, but like I now respect her as a comedic and um, dramatic actress. And I don't yeah. know her at all as a musical artist. I guess me, Aquafina is a good example. I mean, she hasn't changed her. I mean, that's still her stage name. I don't know. I'm just saying I support, yeah. I support it either way. I, I totally understand wanting to change uh, your name from like uh, in Madden 19 as Tito flavors. T- Wait, who was King batch? Oh, Jeff, you've been playing that Madden 22. Fuck. No, I don't want to code for that. I don't want a disc for that. I'm not acknowledging Madden. I'm, I'm out. I'm out on. Well, remember, remember one of the big things here was like the cool shit that happens in stadiums are like when you play in Seattle, the, the route lines are squiggly. They did that in fucking NCAA 2002 with Joey Harrington on the cover. Mm. It, it, it makes you wonder going into what they're going to do with NCAA football. Was that coming out 23 or whatever? Like, are they going to have to like, are they going to have to do the Domino's pizza thing as a company and be like NCAA football? It's good. <laughs> like, cause if it's just Madden with the NCAA, like, and I know that's the way it's been forever, but I feel like the, po- the point with Madden right now is it's just been the same game for the last eight years with like tweaks. Maybe people will be fine with just the NCAA coding on it and the faster gameplay or whatever. But I kind of feel like if you're relaunching that franchise and you're just, you have this like continuous, like negative response to Madden year after year, like you got to do something to like come back with the game and like, try to create some sort of goodwill with the fan base, right? Well, they people just keep buying it, so why would they care? Yes. I mean, yeah, you know I mean? I mean, I mean at the at the end of the day, yeah, that is that Dude, is they gotta get Ronnie 2K on the call. Oh my god, get that guy out of here. <laughs> get people rid of Ronnie 2K. Fine, it took so long. Took way too long to get rid of Ronnie 2K. Fucking Christ. And I don't know. Um, I've I've grown up. I'm Ronald 2K. Now. <laughs> yeah, that's his version of what we were talking about. Actually, <laughs> I go by Ronald 2000 now. <laughs> Ronald 2000. <laughs> 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 oh, that, that's his growth, personal growth for Ronnie 2K. This sounds like a metal band in like '98. <laughs> yes, yes, and they all dress up like clowns too. Oh, beautiful. He went Ronald after a 2K. player's wife recently. <laughs> Who Roddy 2K went after like Bradley Beal's wife? I think. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's time we could be done with as a society with Roddy 2K. He, he said like he so Bradley Beal's wife said, uh, Kamai Adams Beal said at Roddy 2K is a whole joke at this point. Um, and then he quoted it and said, Oh boy, we have the wife upset too. That's real love. I appreciate that. And then the next day, unprovoked, he tweeted. Hope everyone is having the best weekend except Brad Beal's wife. And he got <laughs> ripped for it. He deleted it. He deleted the tweet. Wow. Ronnie 2K firing shots. I never would have thought. The Oh, and by the way, I'm looking at the Madden sales charts now. They, they've went up almost every single year 
the sales. I guess 2020 was kind of a low. I don't know if this just doesn't count digital copies or what, but like it's just it seems like Madden is doing just fine. Is the point? No, they won't change anything as long as we continue to give them their money. That dictates how they do shit. It would be it would be funny if like it was just like a, a separate guy that EA hired and they named him Ronald 2K or Ronald 2000 <laughs> to like compete as like a personality, mm-hmm. like the face the the development face of the uh, the industry. How about a uh, a little guy named Madden? He's still, he, I mean, Madden is still around, right? He was like on the, I remember on the part of the Raiders hard knocks. What's coach Madden up to? Like John, John Madden. Madden? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. What's he up to? He's still alive. Yeah. John Madden is, is absolutely still alive. Damn, man. He's old. 85. He's doing much. Honestly, yeah, I don't think, I don't think that's that old. I'm actually shocked. He's not older. Have him be the new Ronnie 2K. Have him like making fun of like Giselle Bunchen or whatever. Oh, that's Giselle Bunchen. Uh, hope she has a bad day. Uh, John Madden. Good. That, that was a good. That was a fantastic John Madden. Was <laughs> it? Is that, wait, is that is that Caliendo in here? <laughs> Man, what uh, was it? Uh, a brand new Traducan in here. That's that's my Caliendo doing. John Madden. You know, he looks he looks solid for a guy for a, a guy who's well traveled and rode buses for years. What It'd a be fucking legend, man. Right? It would be funny if there was like an alternate universe where they couldn't secure like Madden's licensing, so they reached out to like Joe Gibbs and it was like Gibbs 22 or something. <laughs> Wasn't <laughs> well, there a Joe like, Gibbs? There was a Joe Gibbs football game. I know, but it it is like we're so used to the Madden branding that like we don't we don't just think back to like the name of our football game is called Madden. Like it, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like it, I, like it makes sense to me as someone who's old. But if you're like a 17 year old, and you're like, okay, like I get, I guess named after like a old NFL coach, I guess. And then like other games are specifically, specifically like Rory McIlroy's PGA Championship, like relevant celebrity with actually telling you what the sport is. Mm-hmm. I know not everything's like that. Like, and I don't think it's wrong. Like, obviously they have a lot of brand equity in there, but like. I do think will they ever get to that point where like the Madden Belichick twenty two? I don't I know. I don't like, think so. Well, because I mean, so obviously Tiger Woods had his name removed. Um, yeah, but that, that was due, due that was to, due to like uh, having too much sex. Yeah, but, fact. Him being too cool, and yes, he's having <laughs> having affairs. That's fair, but you get my point. Um, if you want to be on the cover of this game, you can only have seven sex <laughs> max. Uh, but uh, yeah I, I don't think madden's name will ever get removed i, I mean you're you're right like it's it's its own brand right now like i just was, you know it's always weird when you get older and like you know it, it, i don't know like what the what the coach would be like a you know a coach in like 1967 who's not like lombardi or whatever but well they, they took a uh, bill walsh had his name on the first two college football games and they fucking removed that they were like get out of here mm. he went to the nfl they're like fuck you Booting up my copy of Bar- uh, Parcells 8. Folks, that's a joke. We're on Billy <laughs> B. <laughs> he lost weight. He lost his weight. Like, you can make jokes now. Lost weight? He, he, had a, he had a moment where he lost a bunch of weight, did he not? I mean, Bill Parcells was never like a fat guy. He was a pretty fat guy. No, no he, uh, no, he, he wasn't. Was like... He was no bigger than John Madden. Is he not a, a known man titty have, or isn't that like the funny, the meme picture of him with the big, big old boobies? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he has some pictures where he has, he, yeah, he has, I mean, he's an old guy. 
I never associated Bill Parcells with being like a hefty dude. I mean, yeah, he's got a football guy body. Have you ever heard the the Joe Montana sports talk football commentary? Um, no. It's a beautiful day here in Phoenix. Wait, what is that? It. Yeah, it was uh, like a game in 1993, and it's, it was a Sega game, and it was a pretty good football game, but its big selling point was that it had like live commentary, which was a pretty big deal for a, uh, a cartridge game, except it was like a robot voice. Mm. Well, the, the worst game of all, the worst sports game of all time uh, is High Heat Baseball. High Heat Baseball, I want to say... T- 2003 um if you watched um if you watched this there was a show on g4 tv called judgment day uh reviews on the run in canada high heat baseball 2003 i think it got like a zero or like a 0.5 and the commentary like they didn't finish the game it's just like a fucked up game it was like somebody like dropped like somebody like scratched a disc it was it's the worst it's the worst sports game ever made High Heat Baseball 2003. More of these pictures of Parcells I'm looking at, I don't think he's the same fat coach I'm remembering. No, but he Parcells, is, he's not he's not skinny. Let me be clear. No, like, Parcells is like he's got like a 50-year-old, 60-year-old guy body. Like, like it just happens. You get older and you, you just don't get in shape anymore. And who's the whatever. who's the man titties coach? There's an old Giants coach I remember having a particularly robust frame and bad band titties, but I guess I don't know. I'm not sure who it was. I'm you not probably were just like 12 and 95 pounds, and anything over 95 pounds. Well, the coach, the coach of the Giants, when you were a, a young lad, was was Jim Fossil, and he very much not. He wasn't. He, he had a he, he had a chiseled died. chiseled face. He just died recently. Jim Fossil did. Yeah, died in I think probably July. No, Jim Fossil really? was very like he was like an in shape guy. Damn, I didn't know that. I yeah, Jim Fossil died this summer. Passed away, yeah. I'm going to find out who this guy I'm thinking about is. Back to the movie actually, podcast. Actually, the Giants have had had have had a long line of very thin coaches. Well, at least compared to their counterparts. Shermer, Spagnola, McAdoo, not Coughlin, Fossil, Dan Reeves. Yeah. Anyway, that's been your Jim Bill Parcells talk. Uh, Bill Parcells thing, vindicated, Rodman, not a fat guy. Dennis Rodman movie covering his escapades to Las Vegas in the midst of the 1998 NBA Finals is in development. Phil Lord and Chris Miller producing. Kind of cool. We were on, we were yeah. filming uh, the show we do at Barstool, if you're not a Barstool fan, called The Rundown, where you go over topics and news events. And it was myself, uh, Brandon Walker, who does a lot of our college football stuff, big movie guy. And then one of our other coworkers, Glenny Balls. Uh, and, and we were like, Oh, this this sounds like this will be cool. And Glennie's like, "Yeah, this could be like a Hangover two or three thing. It'll be great." They're like, ah, oh. yeah. Glennie has deranged movie taste. <laughs> like, ah, oh. his, his frame of reference for everything is bizarre. <laughs> like, I'm like, if this is like the Hangover two or three, this is this is a flop. Like, this isn't that great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I am excited for this idea though. This this seems like this could be really good. I think I don't know. What do you? I'm think? sorry. I'm I'm still stuck on like Ken Jack having a very specific Mandela effect, <laughs> except it's like about it's about like 50 year old NFL coaches being like over a certain weight level or not. Dude, he ah damn it! I knew. I don't know. I don't know. 
I'm going to have to figure out what's going on here, but I might have been Mandela affected into thinking he has big old screaming honkers. <sighs> I don't know, man. I, I, I think is like how involved is Dennis Rodman with this movie? Well, that's a big I mean, you know, that's that's going to be the big question, though. Alan John fairly involved with. Uh, fairly involved with. Uh, Rocket Man. Yeah, I just think the more involved Dennis Rodman is in this and the promotion of it, the better off it's going to be. Yeah, you got to assume he'll tell a fucked up story. Yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, hopefully they exaggerate a little bit. Like, they probably got to do it. But it is, it's something like, like, it's like the right timing, right? Like, this whole thing, like, I knew all about this just because I lived through it. But I think a lot of people, you know, this is like a legend. And I think a lot of people learned of it from watching The Last Dance. So you got to strike, strike while the iron. Let me try that again. You got to strike while the iron's hot and this sort of thing. But I think the, the more you can get Dennis Rodman out there on the PR tour for this, the the, the more you can make this movie just a, a over uh, overarching, entertaining spectacle. The uh, And I think anything that Lord Miller do, automatic sign-off, right? I mean, they're... Almost the epitome of, of they don't miss, right? Yeah, well, mostly Lord. <laughs> yeah, not Miller. I can always tell when I'm watching their movies. I'm like, that, that's a that's a Phil Lord joke yeah. right there. If, if a, like there's a scene with the Lord's. tennis court, yeah, whenever there's that, that's anything with the tennis court, that's Lord. You want to go over to Miller, it's like, if you see a scene with a guy named Steve, usually, it's how you can tell. That's, that's, uh, that's definitely Lord's work. That's the Lord's work. That's been news. Uh, we're going to do an interview with Elijah Wood. He's in a new movie um, called No Man of God, which is a pretty solid movie. Check it mm-hmm. out. You can rent it or in theaters. Um, based on real-life transcripts uh, cold from the conversation between FBI analyst Bill Hag- Hagmeyer and Ted Bundy. It's a new Ted Bundy movie, but in a way that you've never seen a Ted Bundy movie. We talked to Elijah Wood about that, talked to him about uh, Lord of the Rings, talking about Mandy. It, it, was, it was a great time. Here it is. All right, we are very excited to be joined for the first time by Elijah Wood. We did we just we just warned him that we are coughing. I want to make sure he knew that this wasn't like an <laughs> elaborate prank or joke mm-hmm. that we're just gonna cough the whole time. But we should be good. How's everything going with you though? Good. Yeah, really well. Super well. We uh we got a bunch of talk about. Let's start off the top though. No man of God. I'll, I'll yes. give a little synopsis out in theaters on demand and digital, August 27th. Sent to death by execution, uh, electrocution, excuse me, serial killer Ted Bundy developed a strange and complicated relationship uh, with an FBI agent while detailing his heinous crimes, again, in theaters and on digital, August 27th. Been a yeah. lot of Ted Bundy properties in the last couple of years, but this one, sure. rather unique. It's a little different compared to them. Uh, can you can you kind of explain maybe to the people listening who may not know, like, like what sure. can you expect with this type of story? Well, I think what attracted us to this film uh, was this incredible script that is based on actual audio transcripts and recollections of uh, FBI profiler um, Bill Hagmeyer. And it details his relationship with Ted Bundy over the course of four years as Ted was awaiting his execution. And it's, you know, what we've, it was a story I was not familiar with. And I've read a fair amount about Ted Bundy and knew, you know, a fair amount about his life and exploits. Um, but I didn't know about this particular relationship, you know, and, and an important one for Ted in that Ted considered Bill his best friend at the end of his life. He willed his earthly possessions to Bill, which is insane. Um, Bill, I think, subsequently gave them to Ted's sister. Um, but 
you know, it, it, this was a film that didn't, it didn't have any, you know, uh, filmed depictions of murder. Um, it isn't about his trial. It isn't about uh, his exploits. It's about a man stuck in prison, desperately trying to keep, you know, to stay his execution and to stay alive. Um, sort of, you know, faced with his own demise. Um, and, you know, this was a man who, for the most part, seemed pretty fucking in control for most of his life. Um, you know, going so far as to, to being his own lawyer uh, on, on, you know, in his trial, uh, the hubris in this man is insane. But like, this was a portion of his life where he, he was desperate and, um, and thusly quite sort of human. And, you know, the old, the old tricks didn't really work anymore. Uh, the, the charisma was not working for him. Um, and so you see this sort of the person for all that he is. And I think that's what was interesting to, to us when we read the script. And also, again, just this relationship between this FBI profiler and Ted and these conversations that take place. Um, the kind of verbal chess match um, between these two individuals of someone who's desperately trying to withhold information. Um, you know, Ted, more often than not, even with Bill, um, 90% of the time would refer to the murders in the third person. He never referred to them in the first person. And if he would slip up, Bill was smart enough to note that he wouldn't indicate that he knew that he slipped up. So if he, if he would ever say me or my, or I, mm -hmm. Bill would cause a distraction to make it seem as if he hadn't heard um, because that would have absolutely thrown Ted off. Um, but having said that, Ted also revealed to Bill, I think maybe the only person that he ever had this conversation with, th the actual process by which he did what he did. Um, so that's, you know, that's the sort of intimacy that they were able to achieve or that Bill was able to achieve with Ted. And it's just a fascinating story. You know, there's a kind of central thesis to a degree in regards to what they talk about, which is this kind of, you know, this, this question that comes up very early on, which is, could you murder? Um, Ted asks of Bill, could you kill someone? And that kind of becomes the, the, the sort of, uh, the, not the driving force of the narrative, but certainly a, a, a thesis that sort of overarchs everything of like, you know, that question posed to Bill, thinking about that, you know, Ted wanting desperately to, to believe that that's possible, which means that he's not crazy, that he's not psychologically different than anybody else, that anybody's capable of this and there's solidarity in that, maybe some comfort in that as he faces his execution. Um, so that sort of is like the kind of central idea that they talk about. But it was also just interesting, you know, a script that's predominantly conversation. That's two men mm -hmm. in a room. Um, you know, psychologically sort of going through these, uh, sort of circle around, circling around each other, um, just provided such interesting insight into Ted's mind and also Bill's mind in regards to how he's able to guide that conversation. Um, it was just, a, it was a part of the Ted Bundy story that hadn't ever really been told. And we were just fascinated by it. Uh, the, the, and the also, key, and also keen, and and you know, keen not to necessarily make another movie that had depiction of violence on, on screen. We'd seen right. it all before. Um, it, it just felt like something fresh that we hadn't really heard before. The the, the key, I think, you said there for me mm. is the the charisma not working, right? The charm, because I feel like whenever you see yeah. Ted Bundy, that's always like that's the big ticket item. It's like, well, this guy, you know, people thought he was attractive. It didn't make. Yep. 
where you don't see like the, yeah, that that's, I can totally get that as being kind of the, the draw of something a little different. Yeah. He's not in control anymore. You know, he's, he's in shackles, he's in prison and, and, you know, all of the processes, all of his little options are running out. Like they're not, they didn't work, you know? I mean, he was, he was desperately trying to make himself feel like an asset to law enforcement because he had this insight and an understanding of how serial killers work with a, the, a great deal of experience. So, you know, he was, he was trying to make himself uh, in variety of ways, an asset or anything that would make him valuable to keep himself alive. You know? And I like how you, you kind of do that during the movie too. I think Bill Heckmeyer is like cognizant of that. Like what there is the level of, of information he can get from Ted Bunny, but also at the same time recognizing that he's a pathological liar throughout and taking part yeah. of it as a great assault. And um, for me, when I watched it, I think the whole movie was very dependent on your chemistry and these conversations, like you were saying, with you yeah. and Luke Kirby, who played Ted Bundy. Yeah, he was phenomenal. Was so good. Not only did he have a look, man, he had the whole mannerisms down and everything too. Crazy. But how did you guys build that sort of um, the killer handler relationship? Because obviously... That's the whole movie. So how'd you guys build that up? Yeah. Um, well, we had, it's so interesting making a movie in, in, in this era. Uh, it was a COVID compliant film. So like we, you know, normally rehearsals would be in person. We'd do a table read. We'd, you know, the directors and the director and the actors would all get together. <laughs> we couldn't do that. So it was all over zoom. It was like this, you know um, in fact, every weekend prior to each week of work because it was all dialogue as as you see in the film it's it's there's so much dialogue you know the, the 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 movie is predominantly these sort of four conversations really everything kind of around it so a lot um and so every weekend uh luke and i would get on zoom like this and just run our lines for the week just to help each other out because we had so much ahead of us but we we were we were lucky in that it was three week shoots it was very much like an immersive experience um we did have a couple of weeks of just uh, uh you know working with with amber on zoom like this but working going through the script working through each scene what's the subtext you know what's being said what isn't being said what's being said on you know underneath the words and just sort of like diving into the sort of um micro uh elements of each of the scenes and the script itself that was extremely helpful just to kind of get our bearings in terms of where each of our characters was coming from. And then we were able to shoot as certainly the conversations. If I'm, if memory serves, I think we serve, we shot them in sequence and that was also really helpful because there's a growth that happens obviously over the course of those conversations. Um, You know, the first conversation is very much that first conversation of, of Ted being extremely sort of uh, unwilling to give anything over. Um, He kind of holds all the cards and is not really giving Bill anything and Bill trying to find his way in. And that was a, you know, being able to shoot that sort of, it wasn't the first thing we shot Luke and I, but it was, it was very near the first thing that really helped find that relationship throughout the course in the sense that it was, um, it was kind of happening in real time. Um, and again, like, like I said, we, we had done a fair amount of work just ironing out, you know, every little shift within the context of each of those scenes, where they occur, why they're occurring. So we'd kind of done all of this thinking and planning beforehand, and we were able to sort of have that foundation to work from when we were on set. And, and then there's also just the simple, 
you know, working relationship with another actor. And Luke was just a joy, like it's such a joy. We, you know, given that the material is as dark as it is, and it is these two men talking about pretty dark things, the, the atmosphere on set was actually relatively joyful. And I think some of that was due to the fact that it was the first time any of us were around other people for a number of months, (laughs) like six months of being in Mm -hmm. lockdown. So being involved in a creative process again was just nice. It felt great um, to be with other people and, and to be working creatively together. Um, And so there was a fair amount of laughter, despite the fact that again, the material was as dark as it was. uh, We had a lot of fun doing it. Um, And Luke and I had a a blast working with Luke. He's, he's so incredible. And man, he embodies uh, Ted so well. (laughs) It's a it's a disturbing performance for sure. There's a that's interesting nose shot in sequence because you know that you could see that balance of like power because like Ted has the power in the beginning, and then that switches by the end. That's cool to know that I was shot in sequence because I'm sure that helped. Um, yeah. Again, again, No Man of God is coming out on August August 27th on digital huh? and on, on theaters. Uh, one last question on it: Do you think that actors in general prefer to play the serial killer or the guy interviewing them? Because you know, when you look at all these other movies like my or shows like Mine Hunters, Silence of the Lambs, you get great performances on both ends of the glass. If that makes sense. So, if you're an actor, what do you think you're more like attracted to? For if you're out in the street and get a get a script, let's say. That's interesting. I mean, there's always. Ugh. Um, it's hard to say in a general sense because each character is different and each scenario is different. Um. But there's something meaty about both. Um, It's, uh, you know, there's always going to be an attraction to play something darker just simply because it's not who we are. I I don't relate to Ted. So the idea of playing someone like Ted is fascinating or playing someone like Hannibal Lecter or so on and so forth. The idea of playing a dark character, because that is not something that I embody, will always be fascinating. And there will be an allure to that. Um, so I don't know if one necessarily takes precedence over the other, uh, but also it's interesting to play the person that maybe has the less obviously, um, psychologically showy part, um, in that there's a lot of burden that that person has to take on too, in a slightly different way. It's, you know, they're, they're both complex in their own way, I suppose for me in this one you know, Bill's a real person. So they're there and he's, and he's alive and, and um, you know, he still helps out with cases, I think off the record or, or certainly he's not, you know, he's retired, but I think he still helps. So, you know, playing someone who's alive and who has the incredible career that he has was that is, has its own sense of responsibility and dauntingness and, and, and excitement too, you know, playing someone and living up to that, to that person's expectations and, 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 you know, that sort of challenge is an exciting thing. And I think as an actor, you're always just looking for a challenge. You're just looking for something that you've not done before that's going to push push you and maybe even something that's a little scary. I think the scarier something is sometimes, the, maybe the better it is that you take that on because it pushes you outside of your comfort zone, you know. Reminder, No Man of God, August 27th. I, we're in a buck of trend. I feel like this is where people would normally ask you a Lord of the Rings question, but I'm asking you a Mandy question. <laughs> I want to ask you about Mandy. Yeah, right. okay. uh, Mandy, there it is. Yeah, we love Mandy. So that's I have um, a very uh, what do you call it? A DVD collection or Blu-ray collection up there. It's very very exclusive. You got you got two in here. You got two selections uh, in awesome. here. Oh, that's a small awesome. indie picture, Lord of the Rings. Um, Mandy, it was 
fucking crazy. One of our favorite horrors the last couple of years for sure. Uh, but it, it's this insane psychedelic horror. What was for you guys the secret sauce of making sure that it's crazy, but keeping it at a sense where it's like not too much because it was kind of an insane balance of just like insanity and Nick Cage and all, but like it, it kept it in a way that was incredibly digestible and, and still work because I mean, people who talk about this movie, they're like, you got to go fucking find man. You got to go watch man. I think, um, well, thanks. I'm so glad you guys dug it. Uh, I think honestly it's, it was already present in the screenplay and, and the, the, the sort of, what makes that movie accessible, I think is sort of what you're, you're, you're digging at is it's at its core, it's a love story. And that was always there. Um, So as crazy as it gets as phantasmagoric and kind of psychedelic as it goes, it's driving heartbeat is, is Mandy there and, and her relationship with red and ultimately her death and, and his, driving force to avenge her death and her presence throughout in this sort of animation as well. So that's, that's kind of, and that was always there. Uh, you know, Panos wrote a Panos and Aaron Stewart on his co-writer wrote a really beautiful screenplay that made you fall in love with that relationship and made you fall in love with her to where when she's abducted and, and, you know, everything happens to her that happens you're it's gut-wrenching and heartbreaking and 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 the sort of her lifeblood is infused throughout the rest of the of the script um and i think that's what kind of roots it and and makes it so much more accessible than maybe it would have otherwise now having said that you know our interest was to make a panos cosmatos film we had seen beyond the black rainbow and we were like this man is incredible and he's a visionary and there's no one like him. And he was in LA for a screening of beyond the black rainbow. And we set up a meeting with him and we sat down at Cantor's and we were like, dude, we, we love you. We would, we want to make anything you want to make. We want to make your next film. And he then pitched us the, the sort of basis of what man of Mandy. And then I think it was like four months, five months later, sent a script. Um, and so our thing was, we love the script. We just wanted to make a Panos Cosmonis movie and, and allow him the freedom to make it in any way that he wanted to make it. And, and of course, our interest is always that it's, that it, you know, that the movie finds an audience <laughs> that it, that is yeah. accessible to a degree, right? Like it, it, that's always inherent within the context of the endeavor. Um, you set out to make something that is for people um, and that people will respond to in a positive way. Um, but at the same time, you know, we also, we, our philosophy is to give people, our, our, our filmmakers, the, the, the creative freedom to make the films that they want to make and, and facilitate that in any way that we possibly can. Um, and, you know, we were just thrilled to get the chance to work with him and, and to give him that space to make it. Um, so, yeah, it's, and so I guess in answer to your question, like, we didn't have to dial anything down necessarily or impulses that were too crazy um i think again that that heartbeat of the movie is really what roots it and keeps it being con- connective throughout and the movie ends with that sort of th- their reunion i mean it, it's mandy is throughout and that that was paramount i think 
I like how you mentioned that if you, I do think if you stripped away all the psychedelic elements, it really is just like a, a beautiful and heartbreaking love story. That's crazy yep. to think about, but very, yep. very true. Um, yeah. So with Mandy, you've worked with Nick Cage as an actor before. This was as a producer. <laughs> what do you expect from him when he signs on to do a project from you? Because for us as fans, I think the one thing we've always said is it doesn't matter what the project is for Nick Cage. He could be doing the smallest little indie indie film being paid in Jiffy yeah. Lube tickets or he'd be being paid in like a giant blockbuster. doesn't matter. He gives 110%. And that's something always. I know that we love about him. But what, did you, what would you expect when you go into a project with Nick Cage? Um that he's going to bring his own flavor to it, you know, even something that's on the page. So for instance, um, the movie that I, my introduction to Nick as a person was working with him as an actor on a movie called the trust. Um, A movie that I really love and and not that many people saw Nick's awesome in it. Um, And not that, you know, he has this reputation for being this, you know, going really crazy and, and whilst, he can he can deliver some really wild performances that feel like they're off the rails. He's also, you know, he delivers what needs to be delivered, I think, given the context of the film, too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, anyway, so we, we worked with each other on that film. What am I getting at? Uh, oh, so on the page, our relationship in the film was, we were partners. We were uh, cops. Um, and we're crooked cops looking to, to, you know, taking an opportunity for a heist that we see um, by way of like something that we come in contact with, with in the evidence room. So that's the movie. These two cops that work together and ultimately fail in getting all this money. He had built in this whole other storyline that's not necessarily present within the context of the film for his character's motivation. And his character's motivation was that he was in love with my character. It's never explicitly articulated. Um, it's, it's, it, it's just there in the fabric of what he did. So the thing about Nick is that he's always going to bring his own thing to, to, to the, to the work. And, and I mean, I think all actors bring some, all actors bring something of themselves, of course, but his interpretations are really unique and interesting and, and only something that Nick would bring. It's, it's hard to articulate. So I think when you, when you imagine, when he signs on to something, there's just, I, I get excited about what he's going to bring. Cause I, I don't, I, I feel like it's, it's, it's not going to be like what anybody else brings. Um, it's always going to be unique and unexpected. Um, he's, he's incredible. And I, it's so interesting that we all collectively have conversations, what feels like every couple of years about him when he he seemingly shocks people with another incredible performance. And it's like, guys, well, Pig is the one that it's, yeah. I still haven't seen it. I'm so, oh, it's so see good. It. I know. Yeah, I know. But it's, it's that thing that's so funny. It's like, he's been consistently delivering incredible performances since <laughs> the beginning of his career. And, you know, I guess he has this, I don't know, like the reputation maybe in the post internet age and the sort of memification of his past work that has been discovered by a new audience that has sort of focused more on the madness of his performance than the quality. I think maybe that has sort of overshadowed how truly wonderful he is. Um, and, and maybe that's why it's like always a revelation for people when he delivers yeah. a beautiful performance, because, you know, fuck man, he's incredible. Uh, and I, you know, and, and speaking from someone who got to work opposite him, 
what a joy like one of the most fun i've had working with another actor um and the only time as an actor working with and i've been so incredibly lucky to work with an extraordinary group of actors over the course of my career um the the only actor that i've had almost an out of body experience working opposite where i'd be in the middle of a scene and he'd say something and i'd be like in my brain like fuck that's so Nick Cage. Like the way he's- <laughs> I'm working with Nick Cage. Like he he's an icon on a level that is hard to articulate. You know, um, he's a total national treasure. Ah, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I like that. It's true. He really is. He he's a he he is so so special, and it's always wonderful to see that he continues to get you know the the right kind of attention for for his work. Um, right. And he's and he's awesome too. He he's very aware of his his perception and 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 you know he it doesn't he as long as he gets to keep, keep working he doesn't really give a fuck right right <laughs> we do have to talk about lord of the rings we we're getting yeah, there eventually uh for me and jeff i know it's both of our favorite trilogy it's a, of all time period best as well we think objectively speaking um super super nostalgic feelings for me i used to like literally cut out of school to go watch them with my mom because we were obsessed with them oh, um I love, I love hearing stories like that i'm going to give you we're going to go off the beaten path you've been asked probably a trillion questions about lord of the rings over the last two decades so we're going to try and give you something different to start out with i'm going to give you a legless theory that has been floating around that i'm not sure if you've caught wind of yet and Mm -hmm. it's that legless hates frodo because legless only speaks one line to frodo in the entire trilogy and it's just and my bow and even in the scene when you wake up in rivendell and like you mouth everyone as they walk in like gimli aragorn blah 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 like you don't do you do to everyone except legless that everyone except him really funny I think I only just recently was informed also. I didn't know that that he'd only spoken one line to Frodo um, until recently. So that's, uh, yeah, I wasn't aware uh, or rather just hadn't thought of it or it hadn't occurred to me. Um, That is really funny. And that he doesn't say Legolas at the end. That's wild. Everyone except him. He omits Legolas. He comes right in and he just doesn't say anything. Elves are very stoic. And um, they're not extremely emotional. So maybe that's why, you know, there's this sort of, maybe it's like Frodo's reverence for him. I don't know. <laughs> they didn't really bro down, you know. <laughs> but the, elves, the-, the elves are, are are very pretty, stoic, you know. Prudes uh, kind of, they, probably they're not partiers like people. hobbits. They're definitely not. They don't, they don't drink ale or smoke pipe weed, you know. <laughs> That's they're not. The, uh, they're not of the earth necessarily. So maybe Frodo wakes up. And but I love this theory. Survive. Fucking hilarious. That's funny. Yeah, maybe he does secretly hate him. But he's the uh, one that gets all the credit. You know, he he destroys the ring. But what about us elves? We've been, <laughs> keep, we've been holding it down from fucking Mount Doom all these years. Mm-hmm. Shot down a mummical by himself. Frodo didn't do that. Maybe that's why he hates him. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> last uh, last thing here before we wrap. Um, the the behind the scenes of, of that whole trilogy is, is incredible, mostly because like it is they're such big movies and they were really made over what feels like a shorter time frame than a lot of like the bigger franchise too. It's three movies mm-hmm. and like just the releases were so close and everything. What was for you the single hardest day or hardest moment on set? Last day, like for if you go look at the DVD and stuff, the last oh. days looked tough. Was there one specifically that in your head you're like? If I didn't have to ever relive that again, I I absolutely would. Was there one moment for you? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Um, 
That's really interesting to think about. Uh, I mean, there are certainly days that were more physically uncomfortable, you know, where like you're in the spider coffin, I'm sure it wasn't fun. That was actually pretty fun. Like, <laughs> That's funny. You know, like wet and like wet, being wet and cold, you know, and, and Frodo, like the hobbits don't wear a lot of clothing, like, and Frodo's clothing just starts to like deteriorate over the course of their journey. You know, he's only wearing like breeches and, and his pants and the sort of like threadbare shirt by the end. So like the, the stuff that was sort of physically uncomfortable, those were harder days, I think, you know, we, but we also just got used to really long hours and, and, you know, it became normal for us to work a six day week. Um, so we only had Crazy. one day off most of the time. Um, uh, you know, our call times because we had to put our, we had to get our Hobbit feet put on. So our makeup, our, by the end of it, you know, but midway through, we were like at about an hour and 45 for makeup application, but it meant that we had to get up earlier and be brought in earlier. So like, you know, I had super early calls, uh, with, with not much turnaround stuff like that, but there, there really isn't a day, a specific day that comes to mind that was like more difficult or, or uncomfortable than any other. Um, they, they were all challenging, uh, to, to one degree or another, but yeah, nothing really stands out. My memories are mostly incredible. <laughs> like I could imagine it, it was, it, we had, it was hard, you know, I, I can't, I don't want to to make it seem like it was easy. It was hard work, but really rewarding hard work and fun hard work. And we were all kind of in it together and, you know, on location most of the time, staying at various hotels across New Zealand. And, you know, it, it was an incredible experience. Um, and, you know, the the sort of work that we were putting in, the 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 stress of it, the difficulty of it, the crazy long hours, everybody was doing that. We were all in it together. So there was this sense of solidarity and and kind of connection at the at, you know at the at this sort of intimacy level for something that was as massive as those films were it felt yeah. extremely intimate and small in in a lot of ways um and so yeah all of that is like worth it you know and and frankly I would get excited at pickups you know when when we wrapped principal photography that was after 16 months and we didn't know at that point that they'd be asking us to come back each year for additional shooting. So we thought that was it. You know, it was extremely sad to end a 16-month production, unprecedented in all of our lives. And then we got to come back. And that was this new sort of like, oh, shit, we get to go back to New Zealand and see everybody again. And there was a sense of reunion. And I, I, I didn't want it to end. You know, it, it was all of the things I've just said, but also like the the greatest and, and uh, you know, in a place that became home to us. And, you know, I, I would, I would do it all over again in a heartbeat. It was incredible. And, and unlike anything that we had ever experienced before or will ever experience again, like there just isn't, we're in a, we're in a different world now. Yeah. Movies are not made quite that way anymore. We shot the entire thing on film Um you know, we were on location again, like most of the time, uh, we, we rarely relied on blue screen, blue screen. A lot of the blue screen stuff that we did was to comp stuff that was physically shot with things. Mm-hmm. So it was like shooting the hobbits again, screen screen so that they could be comped into a physical shot. There was never a, a thing where we're just on 
a studio set all the time, you know? And it was really interesting too, because when we were down there, uh, they were in the middle, midway through production on Rings, they were shooting episode two, uh, Star Wars episode two in, in mm-hmm. Sydney. And a few of us went went to Sydney for a little break when we had a company break on the films and we visited the Star Wars set and the contrast was so crazy, you know, like that was almost all green screen and like little pieces of sets because they were doing all these set extensions. And, you know, George has always pushed technology in such an extraordinary way, but it was, the contrast was insane. Like we were walking around like so dirty, (laughs) you know, kind of a, kind of a beautiful middle earthian mess in, 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 in such an awesome way. And, and there we were on the set of, of, you know, episode two and it was like super quiet and super pristine and clean and everything was against green screen and nothing was real. It was like, Whoa, such a crazy contrast, you know? Thank you so much for taking the time. We could talk we hours. We could go with you, but <laughs> no man of God. I wish we could, but Maybe, I don't know, maybe Toxic Avenger or something come back. There yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah that'll be sometime much. next year. That'll be sometime. No Man of God, August 27th, in theaters. If you can see in theaters, definitely see everything in theaters. But Always better not. to see it in the theater if you yes. can. It's also in VOD, too. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, on-demand digital, if not. Thank you so much, man. We really appreciate mm-hmm. this. Of thanks course. Thanks so much, man. Guys, thanks so much. That was really enjoyable. And feel better. Yeah, oh, thank, thank you. you. We needed that. That'll be the push, though. That'll be to get us over <laughs> this, this hump here. <laughs> All right. Thanks to Elijah Wood. So here's the thing. Uh, I've got about an hour left because I got to go do trivia. Can't keep up. Can't stay up all night. So we're going to do our draft first. We're recording our draft. And then whatever is left after the draft, whatever time we have, we'll talk about vacation friends. Our last big review is going to be Shang-Chi. Got to end on that. We'll end on that Monday. I'll, we'll see if Coley can see it. Maybe we'll add him. But um, Shang-Chi will be the final thing that, that that we do. That review will be Monday. It'll come out the evening of Labor Day. Um, here's our draft. Our czar tonight is Austin. Austin works for Barstool. He's uh, Dave's right, our boss, Dave Bordeaux's right-hand man. He is as OG of, he is an LCP fan. He is the original fictional debates fan he's a big dozen fan but he's a he is a day one lights camera podcast listener massive chain restaurant guy i almost didn't let him be the audience representative because his interests are far too similar to ours and there is too much overlap but let's be fair he's listened to 400 plus episodes he's part of this draft he and he boy he went fucking detailed too he have explanations so he is the audience member that's representing the audience. Audience, you're, you're in good hands. I'm going to hit randomize. We'll select our draft order for this 12-round draft. Here we go. Randomize. Oh, huge. I got the first pick. That's big. Yes. I know I know what it is. Well, also, Austin is second. Trill is third. Uh, Ken Jack, you're fourth. Snakes back around. Here are the things that you'll be filling up tonight. Here are the, the slots. Three fat, and you can do it any order you want. Three fast food restaurants. Three sit down, and that includes fast casual as well. So after like a Chipotle might go, though I don't see anyone picking Chipotle. Uh, three sit down chain restaurants. Three 
item menu, uh, menu items. So that could be from any sit down or fast food, one logo, one exterior, and then one worst restaurant. I'm up first, then Austin, our audience representative, then Trill, and then Ken Jack. I have to go one, one of one. My first overall pick, Outback Steakhouse. It just, it just has to happen. That was mine too. And, and I, I knew and it I was knew. also Austin's as well. Yeah, I just knew it was a matter on on where the draft order fell. Like I, I felt like uh, if it were Ken Jack, I don't think he may have the same one, but it was it was gonna be mine. I mean, I wouldn't know what to I wouldn't know what to pick one to be honest. I'm happy I didn't get it. Yeah, uh, it it is. Uh, I mean this 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 is this is Peyton Manning in in 1998. Well, well no, no, not really because people were talking about Ryan Leaf. This is another really good. <laughs> you, you, really... You... <laughs> oh, yeah. As that a Colts analogy. fan, you seem to remember that draft much differently than many others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody knew the Colts made the right choice at the time. That's that's the. <laughs> um, Austin is up next. Our audience member. Uh, he will be going fast food. His number overall was Outback. He'll be taking Taco Bell. Hmm taking taco bell which makes which that would have been my number one fast food as well um because look we're looking to get votes here we're looking for people to say we're the, the champions of chains trill your first pick of the draft the ultimate chain restaurant draft jeff this could be i mean it might be a debate whether this is a sit down or a fast casual uh i'm gonna i'm gonna say sit down just because somebody takes your order it may not be popular for you guys but it's it's been there for me they're always open. They're always there. It's Waffle House. Uh, that is sit down. That is sit. Yeah, I, I agree. I, you got somebody taking your order and everything. Uh, Waffle House, it, it's it's kind of absurd in the menu simplicity, but I, I, I think personally think that's the beauty of the Waffle House. It's consistent. Most of the time, you know what you're going to get. You feel good after eating it. There's actually like a pretty decent variety not necessarily of the items themselves, but of the way the items can be prepared, like the hash browns and whatever. And it's like, it's always good just to get breakfast for dinner. And you know what? At the Waffle House, the world's your oyster, my friend. It's an icon. It's a breakfast staple. Um, I haven't been to it as much as I wish I could, but it always looks and sounds delicious. And those lights, the logo, the sign. It's fr- it's friendly. You see it. You see, you know, you're driving at night and you maybe this goes into the logo thing. I don't know. But you see it in the distance. You see the yellow signs, the individual blocks with the typeface saying Waffle House inviting you in. And you're like, well, I just ate Outback at 6 p.m. But you know what? <laughs> I'll go in. I'll go in for some eggs. When Waffle a, House or some eggs. That that was me the other day. I actually tried the the new Taco Bell chicken sandwich, which comes in like a bow bun. Basically, it's like a weird. It's like the weirdest. It's delicious, but I already eaten. I'm like, I got to try it. It's free. Um, Ken Jack, you have back to back picks here. Envious. I think you're in a great spot. I do too, and I think I'm going to swipe two two picks in categories where I have the least amount of depth. Um, so I'm actually going to go with logo first. Oh, fuck. And I'm taking McDonald's logo, the golden arches. That's iconic. Yeah, It's, it's arguably the most, it's the fast food logo. And it's like, I, I don't know how to explain it other than like, I have no depth here and it is easily the best pick among the, all the logos by far. Nothing else even comes close. You, you, one of the few logos you can taste. 
Exactly. You you see it and you can smell it. You can taste that that spicy doc, diet coke. You can like uh just everything about it. I love the Golden Arches. And it's a cool name too, the Golden Arches. Just awesome. Everything about the McDonald's logo is incredible. And uh one of the great things about McDonald's is like the the meme or joke, whatever you want to call it, of the fact that you never see them getting built. Like they just show up. One day the Golden Arches is up in your town and you're just happy about it. Um and that for that is reason, very true. Yeah, exactly. And it's almost like that you never see a baby pigeon thing or whatever. Um, There's one by my apartment that got taken down. Yeah, I saw one that recently got taken That's down too, which is crazy. Never seen that happen before. Um, but for the same reason that like I love that so much, I also take McDonald's for exterior building. Because I do think that I don't think I've ever been to a McDonald's where I dislike the exterior, I dislike the building. It's always something cool. And I feel like each one is like a little bit different as far as like layout or some have like the play gym or whatever or some have like different shit and some of them are like built into very cool other establishments you know what i mean like there's sometimes ones that are like built in like a mall or, or whatever else there there's freestanding ones that are really cool there's ones built into other things that are really cool I, I just i really like mcdonald's exterior and the way that they build them and like when you go back and look at the history of mcdonald's and like see the way they used to do something like their designs in the 90s and the 80s 70s whatever they always had like, kept up to date and looked really cool and i've always appreciated that about mcdonald's even now when they're like i feel like they're more kid friendly in the 90s 2000s and now they're a little bit more like professional restaurant and that might be maybe a little bit of a mistake, but at the same time, I respect it. And I, I will always respect that about McDonald's. They're always professional. Yeah, you took you took the um, – so uh, the, our audience pick from Austin, he wanted McDonald's. He was specified, you'll get them all. I think that's the only fair way to do this, that you get them all because like, McDonald's is so unique. They look, mm-hmm. You get the rock and roll McDonald's you want. Oh, yeah. He, he noted the playpen. I mean, a McDonald's is a playpen. You don't it's see much – my mine back home in Cedar Park, Texas. They still got a fly. I drove by. I was stunned. I was like, the playpen's still up. Yeah, the one in my hometown still has it too. And then, again, that is one of the coolest things about it. They they always had a sick ass playpen. Or at least the good ones did. Anyway. Yeah, that's the two solid McDonald's picks. Trill, back to you. Waffle House with your first pick. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm going to take a chain restaurant item with this pick. Uh, I'm going to take the Bonefish Grill Bang Bang Shrimp. Oh. Whew. Yeah, the, the the items are the hardest part for me because a lot of them, honestly, they blend together. Like you, you, you know, at Chili's, right? It's hard for me to separate uh, the the you know the menu items from Chili's because they have a lot of the similar tastes or whatever. But the Bang Bang Shrimp at Bonefish Grill is a reason to go to Bonefish Grill, and I think they even have like a, a facsimile in the frozen foods aisle of trying to get to it. It's just not as good when you go there and you get the bang bang shrimp and they there's like little crispy things down there too, and the sauce. It just all it all comes together really well at Bonefish Grill. Never had it. Wish I have. It Sounds is, great. It, the bang bang shrimp is it's just so fucking good. And the toughest thing about it is not ordering a second helping. Is it like a small portion or it's an no, app? It's, it's, an app. it's an app. I mean, it's it's a bigger app, but it, it is also like you know. I'm not the biggest shrimp guy, right? Like we're talking like raw shrimp. I can maybe have three shrimp with cocktail sauce before I'm shrimped out, tap out, done with the shrimp. The bang bang shrimp, because it's fried, it's basically not shrimp anymore. It's like, it's its own thing. It's its own, it's, it's its own thing now. And you can eat a million of those. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's a, also one of those it's apps. It's ascended. It's one of those apps too, where you get it. And even if somebody's like, yeah, I have like one or two, they're going to eat like four. They're going to eat more like, if, you know, if it's like, oh, like, yeah, I have like one calamari and they may take like one. No, the bang bang shrimp, like even if you don't want it, you eat one or two, you're like, oh, I got to get more of that. 
So it goes quick. Um, Austin, he's going to take his item. He wanted Outback one of one, so he's going to get the Bloomin' Onion for item. His number one ranked item. I yeah, I'm I'm not a big Bloomin' Onion guy. I think it's fine. I, it's one of those things that there's, oh wait, actually, I blew it. I blew it. I have to note, I blew it. I, I copied. Oh, I copied it wrong. We, he we has the Dorito, it, the flaming hot Doritos Locos Taco. Mm. See, that's that's better. The, the blooming onion's good, but it it's one of those things. It never quite meshes with the your your platonic ideal of the blooming onion in your head. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah, true. The, the Doritos Locos Taco is always way better than you think it's going to be. It's amazing. It was on my list. Kind of pissed, Glenn. They got to bring the fucking flaming hot one. But they brought the flaming hot Locos Taco back for the NBA Finals. And then it, then it, usually when they do that, it stays on the menu for all. They didn't do that. Mm-hmm. It went away. It's fucked up. I don't like that. Can't be doing that. Can't be doing that. Uh, I'm up next. I'm up next. I took out back with my first pick. I'm going to go item. Uh, I'm going to go. There's a you're, trill. You're right. The items are tough. Um, Because it's. Do you go iconic? Do you go, everyone's got different favorites. Like my Taco Bell order is very basic. Like, so I'm not going to pick like a, a crunch wrap. Like I like crunch wrap, but it's just not, it wouldn't be genuine to pick that. I'm going to go McDonald's fries. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a fantastic pick. I, I mean, that that's an old standby and you can leave those in your car for two hours and they're fine when you come back. You I like think- that though. We've I talked about like this that. before, but I think we've all agreed that they don't have the best fries, though, is the question, right? No, but I think they have the most consistent fries location to location. And I think they also have the most consistent fries, depending on when you eat them. So I think <laughs> other I think other places like Shake Shack, for example, I'm not big on Shake Shack's fries. But I think when you get Shake Shack's fries and they're piping hot, I think they're a lot better than they are when they've cooled down if you waited for them uh, you know, to transport or get home. Shake Shack, I meant, oh, Shake Shack's got crinkle. No, duh. Okay, I knew that. I haven't had Shake Shack in years. Mm. When you live in New York City, that's that's prime Shake Shack territory. I know. This is like, yeah. this is Shake Shack Central. Yeah, McDonald's, man, a hot McDonald's French fry right off. Oh, you can right see the salt the on it. Like, it just explodes with taste. So good. Um, you find a few in the bag, mm. little, little extras. Yeah. Damn, my next one. I'm going to go, man, this is tough. We picked Taco Bell, right? Ken Jack did? No, audience. Audience, audience has did. Taco okay. Bell. Fuck, man. This is hard. This is tough. We're in round like th- three of a thousand here. I know. Um, yeah, it's not easy. So I picked McDonald's French fries. Uh, I'm going to go. I, I need a chicken place. I'm gonna go Popeyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 taking a pick from your boy, Chili B. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Popeyes. I look, I there's only one person in this draft that might take my real one of one fast food place, but Popeyes is it, what a burger pop. They're just fucking. They're just on right now. They just can't miss. And the, the nuggets are fucking awesome. The nuggets have more bread. In. I just want to take Whataburger to spite you now. You shouldn't have said that. Mm, take it. I know. I know. <laughs> be, I'm Never had it a day in my life. 
I know it won't be genuine. That's yeah. Uh, I took Popeyes. Uh, Austin is up next. Uh, he's going to get sit down chain restaurant uh, pick number 10 of the draft, uh, which is Chili's. I was having this conversation earlier. Chili's, I, I don't think is particularly good, but I do think that in the relative scale, I feel like the battle is always Chili's and Applebee's and it is way better than Applebee's. And that's the, the biggest outstanding mark I can give Chili's. It's I, I had an argument with somebody the other day that I think it's, and we've talked about it on here. I think it's the most iconic sit down chain in the it's it is the American sit down chain. And it's it was the Cowboys of me. They sit go, down. They go, what about Applebee's? I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah, but Applebee's sucks and Chili's is good is the difference there. Yeah. Like I could, I could get the iconic or or availability status or whatever you want to call it. Actually, I'm curious how many Chili's chains versus how many Applebee's chains there are, like locations. I'll look that up. You're up next. I'll look that up while Trill picks his next pick. My next pick, I'm picking logo. I'm going for Whataburger, their Smart. logo and their branding. Um, I asked me 10 years ago, I would say it looks kind of dated, but ask me now. And I think it's perfectly of the time. I think it's, it's sharp. The orange, uh, the orange is eye popping, but I also just like, I, I like kind of the retro vibe to their logo and their branding. Mm-hmm. It's the orange. It's the it's it's a specific shade of orange that is it's a pleasing orange. Great on a Yeti cup too. There, well, their their big styrofoam cups convert so well to the look of the Yeti cup. It's the best designed like like kind of uh, I guess novelty Yeti cup. They're fucking awesome. Uh, Ken Jack, you have two picks. All McDonald's, your first two picks. Yeah, um, I'm going to try and get something in one of my weaker categories again. And um, I'll take. Let's do uh, Texas Roadhouse first. Texas Roadhouse where I sit down chains because, uh, again, this is something it's just a weak category for me where I don't have a ton to choose from. So I just want to get out. Um, And then for my restaurant, I will do or for my fast food restaurant. I think I'm going to pick because both of my two top my top, my top two picks are out of the, off the board right now. The question is Wendy's. Wendy's is a yeah. I think here's the thing, and I've said this about Wendy's before. Whenever we do fast food drafts, is that I don't think that they are particular masters of specifically anything, but I think they do everything at an like an over above average level, especially compared to every other fast food restaurant. Um, Burger King, though, more locations, more. Mm, it's so hard to pick. I'll go Wendy's. I'll just take Wendy's. Yeah, that's that's my dream fast food lineup was included Wendy's. Yeah. And I, I didn't think I was going to get it back. Wendy's is the, I don't know. I know you say that but man, Wendy's is I've, I don't think I've ever gone to Wendy's and been disappointed ever. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. They don't do anything where it's like, wow, yeah, never get this at Wendy's. Like everything they do is above average. <laughs> and like you, there's every other fast food restaurant has something like, yeah, don't get this at whatever. Don't get this or whatever. That's not the case with Wendy's. There's nothing you can go to Wendy's in order and it's going to taste bad. And I just, I've always respected you ever, that from them. You ever go, you ever get spicy nuggets from Wendy's and you can tell the spice levels kicked up a little bit that night. Mm-hmm. Like there's, yeah. there's, they got a little extra spice to them. Just hit a little different. I like this. Te- I like this back to back for myself, Texas roadhouse and Wendy's. I think that's good for me. That's solid. I mean, these are good drafts so far. Trill your next pick. I, I I did the Texas Roadhouse and Wendy's pick took two of my my big picks off the board. I, I gotta say, I think that I think the Texas Roadhouse pick is right on. I, I love it. Um, gosh, it's 
So where does that leave me, right? I'm down to three of my initial list on the sit-down chains, and I feel like I got to get one in. But I'm going to take it. People might not like it. I'm going to tell you why I think it's fine. It's Olive Garden. Mm, okay, explain. For the sit-down my guy, My guy, before you continue, I have made a copycat Olive Garden salad four consecutive nights in my apartment. Yeah, see, Olive Garden... Look, it is what it is, Ken Jack. I'm 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 not gonna lie to you and say it's it's the best Italian chain restaurant. Like that's up for debate. Maybe you thank you Maggiano's. for not lying to me. I would have absolutely bought it. Book line sinker. Maybe you take uh, Fogo de Chow, but Olive Garden is consistent. They have the bread. Consistently what? It's consistently good. It's good to me. Mm. I think it's fine. I can't eat most of anything there anymore due to my insensitivity towards gluten, but. The salad's delicious. The minestrone soup is delicious. The lasagna is good. Uh, I, I, I'm fine. It's not a popular pick, but the Olive Garden is consistently busy. Um, I don't know if that's an indictment on you know the United States or whatever, but I think I think it's a perfectly fine restaurant. I think it's delicious. I'm not saying it's the best Italian restaurant. I'm not saying it's the best Italian food you've ever had, but if we're talking chain restaurants, it's got to be on the list. Look, man, I'm I'm not an Italian food snob by any sense of them. I'll eat fucking like raviolis out of the toaster oven. I don't care. But I just, there's something about the quality of Olive Garden food that just, it really irks me the wrong way. And it's not just, you know, the bigger dishes and stuff. It's everything. Everyone was like, oh, the breadsticks at Olive Garden. The breadsticks at Olive Garden are terrible. They're so bad. They taste like cardboard. Cardboard with olive oil and salt. They're fine. They're good. Absolutely. Okay. I would give you at the very best, I would let you call them bread. And that is the maximum I will let you just go get. Are they not? Are they not sticks? They they are. Uh, they're not good. Is what I'm but, trying to but, say. But but if you say I can call them bread, can I call them sticks as well? So they are in fact a stick, and I'm pretty sticks. sure that they they have enough wheat in them to be like like fatal to me, <laughs> to be fatal to you, <laughs> and to be considered by the FDA as actual bread. But that's it. That's it. I disagree with this pick big time, but I understand why you like it. 37-year-old man was found shitting his pants outside of all the garden <laughs> after consuming one breadstick. The, the biggest difference for me in my making my salad at home with little pepperoncinis and all that stuff, uh, I, I didn't I don't have I don't have the beauty of of the Olive Garden uh, grated cheese. Mm. That is the coolest part. They have that little white machine that like they the grinder. Well, cheese grater, yeah. Yeah, but it's like a cool cheese grater, you know? It's like the lame cheese grater you have at home, the stand, see, see the, like the, the rotating one. The problem is every other restaurant you go to in this list, everyone except for Olive Garden, you go there, you're not family. <laughs> nope. But if, at Olive Garden, you are. You know what I'll give them too is if uh, they their update in, um, I guess, architecture style, whatever, that was, they had a good update, a good brand update. And they a good, did have a good uh, brand update. I agree. A good architecture update. That was very solid of them. Yeah, it was smart. Um, Austin, our audience member, is up next. He got Taco Bell. He's got Chili's. He's at the Flamin' Hot Doritos Locos Taco. Uh, his next highest up thing, he's going to get five guys. Five guys fun. for fast food, fast casual. Yeah, I think five guys is great. Uh, I five Five guys... What's the biggest knock on five guys that they're, they're overpriced, right? I mean, that's the only big knock I can ever like most people seem to enjoy five guys. Yeah, no. And they're, um, they do the nuts in the place, right? That's certain thing at the right restaurant. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe the other biggest knock is that it's a genuinely hostile environment for for people with a peanut. Yeah, energy, that too. But like, <laughs> yeah, that as well. Yeah, but uh, I've always liked the interior. Although I will say, I've liked the design on the inside of Five Guys, and I do like the food too. Like they they do the fry the extra fries thing, which I always appreciate. Greasy bag is always a plus. But like most of the Five Guys, I feel like I've been into have been relatively dirty. If that makes sense, I feel like they they don't. Look I, I think they clean. have like 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 they have like a predisposed dirty feel. Yeah, right. It's weird. <laughs> I don't know like, how to explain yeah. it. Like like uh, like the red and white paint. It's just like it's just pre dirt pops. Well, pops they, the dirt. They get. I had a tweet about this one time. Like they get ahead of it all by basically putting the tile you'd find in a public restroom <laughs> in their main like <laughs> yeah. dining room area. Like they just it, they get ahead of the curve. That's so true. I never thought about that. That's brilliant. Um, five guys for Austin or audience member. My round, my round f- uh, four pick. I'm I'm just gonna take Whataburger. I I'm I'm feel gross. It needed to be off the board sooner. It's my favorite out of all of these. I, I used regional bias, knowing I could get it later on. I actually went home to Texas for a wedding, and and look, you know, we're talking about Bill Parcells, man, boobs. I can relate right now. Uh, I had to go to a wedding and fit into a suit. I didn't have Whataburger when I was home for the first time ever ever since i moved away to go to college in 2009 that was the first time i've ever been to austin or texas and not had whataburger i actually drove a friend to the drive-thru and didn't get it um it was a big moment in my life it was a big moment i i had 50 pounds of brisket and bread but didn't have whataburger uh and then my round five pick i'm going sit down chain um i think i'm i'm swiping one from trill i think I don't know though. Benny Hanna. It wasn't on my list, but that's a good that's a good pick. The, good the pick. problem with Benny Hanna I have right now is I don't think I've been to a Benny Hanna proper in 15 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will say it's almost picking picking Benny Hanna is almost like you're picking just hibachi. It's like like when someone asks me, like, oh Benny Hanna, like, yeah, I but I just go to other hibachi places. Like it's it's like the parent. Also, it's, their it's frozen delicious. dishes are horrible. Yeah, I can't say section, I've ever tried that. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough translation. I've been to hibachi sure. in general in a long time. I miss hibachi. It's so good. There's hibachi in Hoboken. Oh my god! If you're ever in Hoboken, New Jersey, folks, there's hibachi. They you get. It's like you're paying for two. You're. It's like you're. You're getting two meals for the price of one. Um, Austin, audience member, next pick. Uh He's gonna go. We'll, we'll we'll give him item. He's gonna pick the Popeye spice uh, Popeye spicy chicken sandwich. Was very good. It's a good pick. Too Which recent. I know doesn't pick anything from Trill because Trill, you're 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 not a hater of it, but you often say you're not going there for the sandwich. I'm just yeah. I'm I'm getting I'm getting on the bone uh, fried chicken when I'm going to Popeyes. I can't mm-hmm. do it anymore, but. Which is that's what I used to do. Even when I went in, like at the height of the sandwich craze, and they just got the sandwiches back in stock, it was it was tough for me to say like I'm just not getting some some you know drumsticks and some dirty rice or whatever, some thighs. Mm-hmm. Respect, Ken uh, Trill. You're up next. You uh, your fifth pick of the draft. Still no hey, fast food chains. For no, you. I'm I'm going in on fast foods right now just because I want to get mine on the board. Uh, near and dear to this this midwesterner's heart not from the state of indiana but from a state relatively nearby it's culver's mm. ah it's uh, a fucking great pick 
Yes. And like, you know, maybe the biggest knock against Culver's is that it's like, I don't know if it's everywhere yet. I maybe it's in a lot of different places. Like maybe they are nationwide and I just don't know about it yet. But like, I remember having Culver's for the first time, like 20 years ago, and it it felt like a revelation Um, because, you know, it was, it was, it was, it's fast food, but it does feel like it's scaled up a little bit in terms of quality and the ice cream offerings are delicious. And like in all these, all these fast food restaurants we talk about, the, it seems like the branding tells everybody, you got to make it red. You got to make it orange. Culver's is like, no, we're, we're a blue concept. <laughs> we're going with blue. And I, I like, I like their branding. It's simple. It's maybe too simple. Didn't make, didn't make it on my list over Whataburger, but it is relaxing. It's a good pick. It's not on my restaurant of list <laughs> to have. It's blue. It's- that's Wait, one where actually, like Ken Jack on you had when you had Culver's when you had Culver's did you have the cheese curds? No, I was about to say so. I've never had Culver's, and but I want to because swear, every oh, single Portillo's. time, yeah, Portillo's. So every single time we have a conversation about fast food, people go nuts about Culver's in the comments, replies, whatever else. And for that reason alone, I think that's at the top of my list for just like a fast food place I want to try. It supplanted Whataburger as just the one I if want. If I if I could go to Culver's right now and I love their burgers, fries, all that. I would get the curds and I'd get get there the get the concrete. Mm. That's what it's called, right? I don't. I, I think. I think so. I think so. Concrete. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it's confu- It's confusing because there was this. Um, there was a custard place in Carmel, Indiana, called Culver's. But what, I don't think it was related. <laughs> that's kind of funny, actually. Culver. I think that's what it was called. Culver's is amazing. Ken Jack, back to back picks for you. Um, okay. I will. This is so hard again because I I feel like I, there's there's picks I have that are higher up rated, but there's 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 categories where I know I don't have as much depth, and that again is still at sit down chains. And shoot, man, I'll take another sit down chain. I'll take Cracker Barrel. I'll take Cracker Barrel off the board. I think Cracker God Barrel. Fuck. Cracker Barrel is just a great, it's a great sit down chain. And that's one of the few that I've been to that uh, I, every single time I go to it, I still very much, I enjoy everything I've gotten there. It's always delicious, sir. Very fattening. Who gives a shit, man? You're a Cracker Barrel to eat. Boy, let me tell you what, you better eat when you're there. Yeah, Um, you also get, you get, you get, because it's, I mean, you get the fucking, the country store too. Yeah. It's, there's, there's a lot to love about Cracker Barrel beyond just the food too. Like you're saying, the experience is a big part of it. Um, And then I'll back to back that with, Shoot, man. I don't think I'm going to get this on the Turner, but there's a possibility I will. So maybe I shouldn't. There's there's like some that's the whole problem. Having a draft this deep is like there's such a possibility of of Pixie one not making it. Um, Let's do uh, cheese gordita crunch. Going to take it off the board. Cheese gordita crunch is the best item in Taco Bell, period. Full stop. It is amazing. And I just got to take it. I get it. Every single Taco Bell order never fails to disappoint. It just has such a good sauce. I mean, it just uh, all the the texture. The components just work so well. Like the, the sauce, it, the crunch. The ready here's a chef term. It's harmonious. It is. It has a good. Uh, what's the mouthfeel term? Colgan or whatever. Like it has that great, great mouthfeel <laughs> to it. Uh, U- udon? No. <laughs> no. No. What's the? Man, udon, udon's a noodle. That's right. I'm. I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. All right. I'm, I'm happy with those picks. I'm, I'm happy with these picks. I was afraid that cheesy gordita crunch would make it back to me. Well, maybe would. I don't know. Who's up? Uh, Trill now? Trill's up. 
I'm gonna make it make an amendment. The place in Carmel is called Ritter's Frozen Custard, not Culver's. So uh, I, John, I Paul, John, John Ritter's Colt Frozen Custard. <laughs> Rest in peace. Uh, I am an idiot. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of piggyback off of Ken Jack here and say for my exterior building, I'm taking Cracker Barrel. Mm. Because I think the food at Cracker Barrel is good, but what you're going to Cracker Barrel for is you one, you're you're going there to dominate the tea game. Like you got it. Like every time I go, I just, I got to show my wife how good I am at the goddamn tea game. And then second off, like you're going for a stroll through that store, like, you know, a not a knockoff Yeti cup with a picture of Reba McIntyre on it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to buy it, but I like looking at it. Mm-hmm. A, a, uh, like 800 calorie gummy alligator. I'm not going to buy it, but I like looking at it. Like, uh, you know, all orange jelly bellies it's there <laughs> if you want it i just like looking have you you haven't been to cracker Barrel if you haven't spun the cd rack of like like best 80s hits with like a generic 80 like yeah it's like it's like the cd rack is incredible in a cracker barrel lee greenwood's greatest hits <laughs> uh in, in, instrumental versions of of disney songs played on uh Played on horns. I don't know. <laughs> so wait, is that your, that's your building pick? Yeah, yeah. And a- and and also the exterior. Part of the charm is it doesn't it doesn't look cool. <laughs> no, like like you you know you're you're driving. You're like oh, I mean I'm hungry. There's a Cracker Barrel. Like it doesn't look cool, but it it has you have the rocking chairs on the on the. It looks like you're going to your grandma's house or something. Yeah, it's it's part of the experience. It's an experiential. Uh, art installment off of uh 65 mm-hmm. agreed yeah i mean but the exterior has the rocking chairs the checkers i mean i i would say in terms of building exterior cracker barrel takes kind of the cake there it's impressive um all right next up we'll go uh huh we'll go we'll give austin what does he got he's got one sit down we'll, we'll get we'll give him a sit down chain he's going cheesecake factory mm. it's on the list he wants the glam burgers and all. I I think Cheesecake Factory uh, is is it's villainized. It, <laughs> what it, from from the fat content? <laughs> no, I mean I I just I think there are aspects to dislike about it. Like I think I think the the breadth and depth of the menu kind of it it, it maybe it maybe speaks to like a, a general gluttonous streak we as a society you know associate with the restaurant being in a mall or whatever but at the end of the day like i i find their food to be quite pleasant the the cheesecake factory brulee french toast 2700 calories well and and the and the portion sizing kind of you know i think i think just that that restaurant with the depth and the the size of the menu and also the portion sizing being on in a mall it's like you know if you're cynical about things like you could say like you know, this is like you say, like, oh, this is like what like it was like in Wally or whatever. But I think at the end of the day, like it is it is a good it's a good place. You know, you know what I'll give Cheesecake Factory, by the way? I think their exteriors have always been gross, but I've always liked their logo. I always thought they had a cool logo. They're like semi not, they're, not they're, script, like the exterior, like, they're like castles. It's like, yeah, but it's like a really shitty castle. It's like the, it's like the, it almost looks True. like the Tropicana in, in AC. Like the exterior looks like that. It's like that weird orange beige color to it. But then that red logo really pops. And I really like that. I do like how they're like, um, we need to make a nicer cheesecake factory. And it's called the Grand Lux Cafe. <laughs> it worked. 
Um, ah, damn. All right. Well, Cheesecake Factory, good pick. And also them being in a mall is a great spot just because you eat so much of it. You need to think you need to walk around. I mean, it's 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 kind of like it's an experience, right? It's just it, it is yeah. uh, you know say what you want about it, but it's it's fine. I've always enjoyed it. Like it's I'm already at the mall. I might as well just enjoy this, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I I would agree with you. Um, my sixth round pick, pick twenty of the draft. I'm gonna go with the Wendy's Frosty. Yeah, damn. Um, it's 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 impressive in its simplicity right like that's that's the crazy thing it's like it you could you probably call it i mean some might say the mcflurry but in terms of the most like iconic fast food dessert items well it's tough to not say the frosty it nails it the reason the frosty succeeds or maybe the mcflurry doesn't all the time the frosty is at the right temperature Mm-hmm. And it's like that perfect level between being ice cream and soup. It's like that perfect texture and temperature. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's it, it's at the right temperature that you can enjoy it independently as a dessert item, or you can even, you know, treat yourself a little bit and enjoy it with your meal. Like in, mm-hmm. in the same vein, you know, a, a, a soda jerk would have made you a milkshake back at a diner somewhere. Like, and you have a milkshake with a burger. It's, it's kind of like that sort of thing, except it's like, I don't know. It, it's it's just it hits it hits right. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go fast food for my last one. I, I can't believe I'm picking two fucking chicken places. Um, I, I just I I wanted to maybe balance it out. I was gonna maybe go. I, I can't lie about Portillos. I just can't. I have I've only had it once. I loved it, and it was one it of was my so good though. It's so good. Um, I'm going I'm going Chick Fil A. It's a great value pick at this point in the draft. It just it's so late. Like you're just it's mm-hmm. so late in the draft. Like how can I it's there on the board. Yeah, I was going to take it in my next pick if you hadn't if you hadn't uh, taken it. I'm just it, the, the the only reason I didn't go for it is me personally. I'm kind of tired of it. You think so? Me personally. I just I've I've you know, I just I feel like I've I've explored and part of it too is like I being gluten free it sucks can't i can't take a tour of the menu like i used to i can't i can't indulge in the best items mm-hmm. okay respect i from i i get that but here's the thing great uh first of all fuck sonic great ice at, at chick-fil-a uh, let's not let's not go in on sonic too hard I, I still pick by yeah. I, and Sonic still, Ice is on my list of chain restaurants. I'm not, okay, well, yeah. but they got great ice, great drinks. There's their their Coke syrup is high level, and you know what? Sometimes, like I'm I'm not the biggest Chick Fil. Like I'm not. Some people they fall over Chick Fil like like I do with like Whataburger. But you know what, man? If 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 a spicy chicken sandwich from from Chick Fil A doesn't just hit every time, <laughs> so gotta go with the value. How about value for this? An, an American institution. Austin, the audience. They got McDonald's. Just the fast food restaurant, yeah. I mean, it's I mean that's that's McDonald's. Yeah. Ray Kroc himself, that fucking rat bastard. Mm-hmm. Expertly acted fuck. by Keaton, to be fair. Perfectly casted, expertly mm. acted. <laughs> yeah, yes. great job by by Michael Keaton. He's a rat bastard. That guy's a rat fuck. Um anyway. Uh Trill, you're up next. Good pick by the uh, Austin rounds out and the audience rounds out their fast food. Talk about five guys McDonald's. That, that's a good draft. No chicken, but that's a good draft. Trill. 
All right. I got, I got two more of my fast food to fill out. I don't think anybody's going to pick my uh, sit down chain and the sit down chain. Pretty much everything I wanted was selected. Okay. But my fast food on, on my fast food, th- this was one of my first picks I came up with. And I think you could agree as we, as we look around our selections today, it's been a lack of pizza. There is, there's, uh, you could argue zero, zero pizza. pizza. There's been a lack of pizza. And I, I think part of that is, is when we're, we're going through these, we're conceptualizing being in the space of the, the dining establishment itself. And, and typically when we get pizza uh, from, from a fast food pizza restaurant, it's, it's delivery, right? But I'm going to pick Domino's with my, my fast food pick here. Wow. That's okay. That's, that's kind of crazy. That's an upset. That's an upset. I don't, I'm I'm sorry. Like I Domino's, I think is it's the best fast food pizza. Wow. I mean, what what would you guys pick if it's? I mean, I don't want to spoil your list or anything like that. Like, I mean, I think I think you have Papa John's. I think you have Pizza Hut. And you you think you have Domino's? And I would put Pizza Hut and Domino's above Papa John's every time I'd pick them. Um, they're just you know back when I could eat the full leaded wheat crust. I, I was I really got into the way Domino's revamped their their recipes and all that stuff, and even their gluten free crust is is the best of of that bunch right now. Now there's a lot of nostalgia for the Pizza Hut. I, I will I will give Pizza Hut that. Like I think the way their crust is crispy, and I think just the way it tastes, really you know Ratatouille critic moment mm-hmm. me back into you know 1992 uh, or whatever, but but pound for pound right now Domino's in terms of uh, you know nationwide fast food pizza I, I think is at the top of my list interesting I mean I I do like Domino's more than the others you are yeah you're not I I gotta agree with you one of them I, is in my bottom I don't like Domino's that much and my my solution to not to the lesser of two evil situation here is just not picking one of the pizza chains but I respect you for being braver than us and they got the tracker online they got the pizza tracker that is the coolest thing they pioneered that and they made that much cooler than anyone any other one else ever tried to be I will tell you that one episode of that show David Chang had where he ate Domino's and said it was good fucking um enabled me (laughs) (laughs) They have a they have a specialty pizza, the Brooklyn style pizza, which I like. But also, the only thing that Domino's does that I hate is the fucking chicken on the cardboard. They do that one that one chicken dish where it's just chicken. Just oh like yeah, it's like, oh it's disgusting you, too. It you so bad, you open it's like the the chicken slice kickers or something like oh shit chicken kicker is no kickers is wait hold on chicken it, Domino's item. It's just like. It, you just open the cardboard box and it's just like chicken and cheese, like just smooshed onto a fucking. Yeah. Oh, shoot. What is it called? Boneless chicken cover. Domino's. They call it specialty chicken. That's it. Domino's specialty chicken. Let's not let our worst moments define us here. <laughs> well, have you Fair ever enough. had the Domino's pasta? No. That, that's one bridge okay. I never crossed either. All right. Um, I tend Ken to Jack, stay back to back picks. Go ahead, Joe. What are you saying? I, I tend to stay away from the the non uh, pizza offerings and mm. like Domino's and pizza. I know you know I know there are wings there. Maybe people like them. I I just uh, I don't I don't do it. Okay, so I'm gonna do I'll do back to back. I have two two fast food picks left, right? Two fast food chains left. You do. All right, so I'll just take them both now. I'll take um, I'll take Burger King first. Um, 
I do think Burger King has a lot of very, very good items, straight up. And I do think that they have their the whatever the flame broiled taste that they have in their burgers, I think they do have elite burgers. Yeah. And I will never take that away from them ever. Whatever you want to say about their other items, sure. Like chicken fries, I don't dig those to be honest. And their chicken stuff in general, not a huge fan. Yumbos, whatever. Again, their burgers are just so good. Just gonna pick <laughs> the it. yumbo. The yumbos, just not, not about it. They have, but they have great burgers and they have the uh what do you call it? the Oreo pie things, which are sick as well. Um, but I'm gonna pick that. I'm gonna pack the back them with cookout. Uh cookout is just one of the best fast food chains to have ever graced the the, the this beautiful green earth. And I just wish that they made them north of like the Mason Dixon line so that I could I could frequent them, but they don't. So you just I, they're just so far away. If they were closer, I'd be a trillion pounds because it is so fucking good. And it's the same thing we were talking about. I think kind of with uh, Wendy's in a sense where like nothing, there's nothing they make on their on their menu where it's like, wow, they make the best this. But everything they do is phenomenal. Like it is all above average food. It's mm. all stupid cheap. So cheap. And I would say it's delicious. above average. I would disagree with you, dude. They make a quesadilla that's better than anything you'll find in like a Taco Bell menu. It's a delicious I, I will support cookout on this list for the novelty and the quantity and the, you know, the, the extensiveness of their menu, but that that's where I'll end my support. Well, I just have to disagree because number yeah, one, that's fine. first you of all, I think their like shake menu, their shake menu is delicious, by the way. Have you ever had any of their shakes? I don't, I don't go to, you know what? I'm not seven. I don't go to these places for a shake. Okay, yeah, dude, but you, you get like, they have the trays. Like you get like the, <laughs> what a comment. <laughs> You go there. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm ordering my glutenless pizza. I'm a full grown <laughs> man. Uh, they, but you get like the trays there. You get a shake with it. It's delicious. They have oh, a million flavors. So much. Everything they make. Um, there is, is there gluten, everything. Is there gluten in this pizza? I, I can't eat it. I'm, I'm allergic. This, this is like my one big vanity pick, and I don't care. Anyone in the That's South, okay. I think, will agree with me that that should be on this list somewhere. I, I, I think I think people uh, from the South would agree with you if you're drunk and it's 4 a.m. Did think two things can be true in this case? I, I, I look, I, I, I love that you love cookout. I think cookout's good. I'm, I think it belongs on this list because I think they are, I think they're an innovator, but I, I don't particularly love their food. Cheap and delicious, straight up. Trail okay. back around for round eight. <sighs> okay. So I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave my restaurants empty right now. I need to I need to fill out another item. That item I'm taking the Texas Roadhouse bread. Mm. The rolls at Texas Roadhouse. You know you know what I'm talking about, guys. Yeah, the yeah the rolls. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> They're so good. You know you get them like you know this the the uh, um, host or hostess will will grab the basket and they, they you know they move to the table with you. They're hot. You they got that butter that's delicious. I, I think they're fantastic. It's good. Can't eat, I can't eat them anymore, but I think they're fantastic. They, I mean, they're. I just said. I just asked a group of people on a group text if Chili's was an American icon, and I was given a no. Well, like to yeah. non-Americans, maybe not, but I feel like to Whatever. to Americans, everyone knows who what Chili's is. Stupid I, answers. One I mean, of them I, goes how much better Texas Roadhouse is. And I said, Texas Roadhouse has great roles to cover up their garbage-ass food. <laughs> Fuck Texas Roadhouse. I hate that uh, Texas Roadhouse fans, you can't drink them. You, you two are an exception. Texas Roadhouse fans hate Outback. Do they? I, oh, I didn't know that. I like both. I think there's room for both. I think they, I think they suit different moods. 
I like Texas Roadhouse. I think they have good food. But then again, I feel like I've only ever been to the one location a bunch of times. So it might be maybe you go, you reach, go to like the test kitchen. Here's like the like the, go, <laughs> the best one. Um, Austin, our audience, he explained this pick to me. He said, look, if I have to take this one, explain that it's a regional thing. The nationwide vote won't like it, but you have to deal with it. That is the New England staple friendly sit down chain. Friendly's is awesome. I don't well, think you need to explain that at all. Yeah, but so we have a lot of listeners who are not from New England. They won't know friendly's. Friendly's is fucking incredible. Uh, they're the mostly milkshake. out of business. Mm. Uh, amazing ice cream. Great mozzarella sticks. They had the stringiest mozzarella sticks you've ever had in your life. They were so good. The tenders. The fucking mm. ice cream sundaes. Oh, man. Friendly's, Friendly's is a New England staple. And you know what? New England wasn't ready for it. Cheryl, I'm going to send you a picture of my favorite item from Friendly's, and I think you're going to think it looks delicious. You ready? The yeah. chicken tenders. And, yeah, it's the fucking Monster Mash. The Monster Mash. Ice cream sundae. It's mint chocolate chip. The eyes are oh, two red M&Ms. Good. The nose is a maraschino cherry. Whipped cream in the back. Whipped cream mullet. Fucking this chocolate syrup hair, and then two Reese's, half a Reese's cups for years, and then a cyclone. They changed the name to Frenzy. They went out of business because they changed the name of their cyclone, which was a taller blizzard, and they weren't chopped up pieces inside. And they changed to Frenzy, and that was the downfall. Friendly, true. You see the this saucer it's in, like that little the tin thing. It is like chilled, and it is like the crispiest tin little saucer thing you've ever had in your life. It is. It is just an amazing, amazing dessert menu. I, dessert I, I item. fucking love friendlies um oh boy fuck i'm gonna go building for my next pick round a pick i'm gonna go old school taco bell old school taco bell the ones that had oh like, the, like, like, the shit? Tex, like the tex-mex vibe to them the fully upright logo instead of the the, the yeah, fully yeah, upright yeah. orange bell. the orange low like the logo with the orange yeah the old school Taco Bell. That was rolling up on one man. of those. Amazing. Tough to I, not go Whataburger there, but I, I don't want to over Whataburger. Myself. They, always, they always had one of those coin games at the register. Yes. Yeah, the one where you fit the rotate the thing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing. You win so many prizes. Mom, mommy says you're a good boy because you want a free. What are those little twists? The cinnamon twists? Those, yep. uh, yeah, I don't like the cinnamon twist. That's one of the um, weakest talk about items. In cinnamon, my cinnamon twists are quietly not great. No, they're not. They taste like nothing. Like it's, I'll eat them. They're crunchy. But I nothing. had them recently, the first time, in probably over a decade, and I was like, ah, oh, these are these are sustenance. But what if you could provide frosting and serve them for breakfast? <laughs> well, that'd be totally different. Then, yeah. <laughs> It's a, it feels like whenever I take a bite of a cinnamon twist, I'm like, I feel like I should be taking a bite of a churro, but instead it's just like this. Yeah, nothing. they're, they're less dusty nothing. churros. Yeah, a less a, such a less satisfying churro. Um, for for my last item, I didn't want to take two dessert items, but I did. I'm going with honestly one of the greatest creations in the history of food, and that's Bowberry biscuits from Bowberry. Damn, I wanted that too. That's gonna be my uh, next one. Bowberry biscuits are fuck, man. I. I don't people were surprised that I don't like traveling like airports. They're like, which makes sense because I like shopping malls and shit. The only time I get I, I'll get like excited about going to an airport is when they got a Bojangles. Typically mm. just the Atlanta airport. It's a great pick. Charlotte, does Charlotte have one? They might. They might. That wouldn't shock me. I haven't had Bojangles. There, we, they, they might. Yeah. When, um, when, when my wife was pregnant with 
uh, our daughter, well, when she was pregnant, we, we have not had another kid, but uh, <laughs> that was her, that was her thing that like, is you, you know, the cravings and I would just go get her bowberry biscuits and I would eat one and she would eat one. And it was, a, it was a good time. That's a great craving to have from the wife's pregnant. They're, they're so good. <laughs> um, Austin, his last pick for item for the audience is going to be a blizzard from Dairy Queen. Yeah, damn. Taking on my Austin, items. That tall ass fucking spoon. The long, that is quietly one of the best inventions in, in chain restaurants is mm-hmm. how long that spoon is. Brilliant. More, I'm surprised more up. places don't do that. Like, yeah. The 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 cyclone at, at friendlies, it, it, you could you would connect it to the mixer. Yeah, it was like a big fix. Yeah, the I do Loki love the the I think it's the McFlurry spoon, the one that's kind of square, right? It's like a square leading into the spoon. Is yeah, that's, like, that's what friendly says as well. Yeah, don't they yeah. mix it with the spoon? Like, is yeah, they the spoon, spoon in the machine? And yeah. Then, yeah, I'm gonna credit friendlies with that though. Trill, your next pick. Okay, all right, my next pick. Let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish up my fast food, fast casual chains. Same way we haven't had a, a pizza discussed. I'm just gonna pick Qdoba, right? Say, oh, say okay. We, say, okay. Good Chipotle, Chipotle versus Qdoba. For me, Qdoba always wins. I, I find Qdoba to be more delicious. We talked about their breakfast uh, burritos, their breakfast offerings on the podcast a few episodes ago. The potatoes and whatnot. Uh, their queso is better. I, I think overall they had the like the ancho chili sauce, which is very good. They had the mole sauce. I don't know if they still haven't had Qdoba in a while, but um, I, I love Qdoba. That's that's my pick for the uh, burrito chain. Smart. We did need a burrito pick, and we're all rounded out on fast food. Ken Jack, back to back picks here. We're nearing the end. Um, I'm again. I, I'm, I'm weak out on chains right now. I think I only have what um, two. Do I have two chains right now? All you have left is your sit down. Oh, well, and items too, right? Oh, and items. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I will do... I'll do Red Robin first. Got to nice. say Red Robin yum. I I, th- I think Red Robin is, is maybe... not. I don't think underrated is the right thing. I also don't think they're... They're in a weird spot where I feel like some people overrate or overappreciate Red Robin and other people underappreciate it. I think they're they're good. I think Red Robin is good. I've never had a bad item there. I like their, they're some of the few steak fries that I actually enjoy. I think they have good burgers. I think they have good, like a a good atmosphere in the actual building too. Good, cool logo, all that stuff. And I, I appreciate that about them. They've always had good service there. Um, and they have like cool novelty foods, like the ring of the onion rings that are piled up in that thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, where it's like it's almost like yeah. the ripoff version of the Bloomin' Onion, where it's like the three sauces on it's Onion Tower or something like that. It's like the seafood tower version of yeah. Red Robin, where you want to go in and flex on everybody else in Red Robin. Like, give, give me the Onion Tower, the, the Onion Ring Tower, and it's it's delicious. They have great onion rings, the beer battered or whatever. Um, so I'm happy with that. I'll run out my sit down chains, and then for chain restaurant items, uh, I have how many chain restaurant items do I have to pick? Do I have to pick two more? Chain re- items, you have two left, and then. Sit down, you have one left. And then sit down, I have one left. Um, okay, I'll do Checkers Fries now. Um, okay. Because I think I Checkers has, for the, those. Checkers has the best fries. They have the best fries. They have the best fries in the fast food game. Bar none. Pe- and peppery, right? They got like the it's, peppery seasoning on Yeah, it's like a seasoned fries, and they are the absolute perfect fry. They're delicious flavor on the outside with the little crunch. And then inside, you get that soft little bite of potato. They are the perfect fries. No one else can beat them, in my opinion. So got to get them. And I'm happy I got them this late. 
Trill, what's your round 10 pick? Checkers, I knew you'd get them eventually, Kendrick. I know that's mm-hmm. your thing. Um, my round 10 pick, I, I, I'm going to pick my worst restaurant. No, you know, I'm going to say that for last. Let's go with the worst and the last. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get rid of my sit-down chain. And this is kind of out of left field. But this, this is a place I've never talked about in the podcast. Uh-oh. It's a place I've always enjoyed. It's not a place you eat at often. It's Fogo de Chow. The, wow. The place. wow, what a pick. Yeah, Great place. what a you know, pick. It wouldn't have been my first selection. Other things have been picked, obviously. But as, as I was going through my backups on the list, um, it, it's, a, it's, a great, it's a great place for a bachelor party of 26-year-olds to go and then spend <laughs> the rest of the night in their hotel room just completely full of garlic meat. <laughs> but I, 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 like, I like the salad bar. I like the, the meat. I, I I think it's really fun. It's fun to go to the Brazilian steakhouse type type restaurants, uh, and I I've always enjoyed Fogo de Chao when I've went. Like I I like how they make it interactive with the card you have to flip over. Like here, little baby, <laughs> and like I want more, please. Uh, but I like that. Like I, I like feeling. <laughs> just, it just makes me feel happy when you go there. It's a great pick. <laughs> like a little, you know, just, just you are you getting getting loaded up on like mozzarella, so I don't eat as much proteins, or like salad bars, so I don't consume <laughs> as much protein. I'll be stunned if you've ever said fogo to chow, but all right, it's Good not know. you know it's not a place you can't interject it into conversation, or people will think you're too much of a high roller. You know, like what's <laughs> this? Yeah, this guy's guy, this guy's guy speaking Portuguese over here. This guy's eating at fogo de chow. Wow. <laughs> Jesus, guy, relax. <laughs> is he is he a doctor? <laughs> <laughs> um <coughs> austin um austin for the audience is gonna pick the taco bell logo for logo he said old though yeah well yeah obviously Smart, me not obviously. picking the new one uh i'm going logo as well round 10 i'm going cracker barrel guy sitting down on the fucking chair with the barrel and you know what it is it's because the logo is on the tallest sign of all time you can see a Cracker Barrel sign from eight miles away. Yeah, it's like there's loves. Yeah, there's there's and there's yep. Cracker Barrel. Yep, <laughs> and there's the Adult Emporium. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my round eleven pick, my last sit down channel on Bonefish Grill. That that is a that is a fantastic pick. I, I left I, a yeah. lot on the board there. P.F. Chang's, Chewy's. Red Robin. I mean, I left a lot of fast food too. Shake Shack. Well, I took Red Robin. Porchies, Portillo's. Uh, Austin's last, uh, second to last pick. He's going building. Uh, and he's actually, this is the only pick of the audience. I don't like KFC. KFC stings. Mm-hmm. There is my list of bottom worst restaurants. There. I'm going to text him. I'm going to ask him. For I the like KFC. I'm sorry. I like KFC. Name what I've never had a positive experience with KFC in my life. There, every single meal I've had there has been bad. Every single location has been dirty. He likes and to gross. look at the building. I, I get it a little bit. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask him. I want to know why. I don't like them. Did you uh, guys? Ever, did you guys ever hear about the KFC um, concept store? Like I forget what it was called, but it was in Louisville. It was off of Bardstown Road there. And like, what? What? What's the number of herbs and spi- herbs and spi- herbs and spices they having? Eleven. Uh, yeah, I think it was. K- I think it was called like KFC Eleven, and it was like a higher end KFC. There's one that was opening up in down the shore this summer. I saw that looked like a higher end version. I wonder if it's the same idea. Hmm. But they they had like bowls 
like, you know, rice and chicken bowls and stuff like that. It was kind of interesting. Uh, what's your last item, Trill, since you said you do worst last? Okay. Uh, my last item, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Look, look, you got the big three. You got chilies, you got Applebee's, you got TGI Fridays. TGI Fridays, more relevant in 1991 than, than today. Okay. It's, it's kind of office space kind of put them on blast a little bit. Right. But their potato skins at TGI Fridays. Yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah. Their potato skins are I, I sneaky can, good pick. I you can. I'm curious where you're going to go skins. with this, but you pulled this out of nowhere. That was a great one. Yeah, you say what you want about TGI Fridays, but you can, they suck. There, I said it. I said I said be smirch like two times. I said be smirch two times on the last podcast. I'm gonna say it again. You can't be smirch the TGI Fridays potato skins because they made their name off of those potato skins and they're delicious. Yeah. All this talk, by the way, look what ended up getting delivered. The golden arches, baby. I don't even, I can't even, I, cause I, look nah, at this. I can't even look at it. Look at this beautiful soda. I'm craving, like a, I'm just craving like a Big Mac. Buddy, ah. you're, buddy, you're looking at it right here. Ah, don't kill Actually, it's a quarter pounder, but it's better than Big Mac. Um, Ken Jack, your last two picks here. Last item and then your worst restaurant. KC11. I'm obsessed with this. This looks crazy. My last item. And then, oh. <sighs> fuck, man. All my good picks got taken. I had like, everything on here literally every item i had on here got taken um okay this might like end up losing me the draft because it's a weird pick but i'll take the i'll take sonic ice i'll take sonic ice no that's a a great pick pick. that's a great pick but it's it's so specific to people who have had a drink from sonic which isn't everyone there people other people who haven't ever been to sonic i'm like what the fuck you just picked ice but sonic Uh, ice is the best ice in the game i think the sonic ice pick is more relatable than a fogo de chow pick that's true, like, but everyone know has a name association for Fogo to Shout, where they're like, they know that that's fancy. Yeah, but the Sonic Ice is a meme, or has been a meme. Like, I, I think that's a fantastic pick. I don't think you should doubt yourself on that one. Uh, hit him with the worst. Last pick. All right. And I'm going to pick a restaurant. It's, it's a, it, I, they might be out of business at this point. I looked them up. Apparently, they have still locations around, but it is the worst, worst place I've ever been in my life. And I've been there multiple times. Because I'm just a pay pig that loves to be punished, apparently. Either that or my parents were just dirt cheap, which is probably the more likely option. They wanted to feed three kids very easily. And it's Old Country Buffet. Old Country oh, Buffet is the worst, yeah, that's gross. the worst and most disgusting, vile restaurant to have ever existed. It is nasty. Absolutely. It's the worst. It's the fucking worst. I'm happy that so many of them went out of business because they was a truly disgusting restaurant that probably spawned so many disgusting diseases. I don't even want to think about it. And they are terrible Terrible, terrible place. Okay. And by something. the way, I want to note on my other list was also KFC, which again, very surprised by Austin's pick there, and uh, any restaurant that specializes in fish like Long John Silver's. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something. I like Old Country Buffet. I used <laughs> to like it. I was, a kid. I was a kid. I was a kid. I mean, you love buffets when you're a kid. Like the you know mashed potatoes, they were good. I just got a bunch of mashed potatoes and mac and cheese, and you're you're fine. Yeah, but when you went there, it would have like a film, a grease film over them. It would be disgusting. They wouldn't be like mashed potatoes, like even out of a you box at home. They're gross. Yeah, the thing is, is I I never noticed that stuff when I was a kid. You know, you remember like I remember uh, being in, I remember being in college, and my parents would come into town, and then they would always take me to one of the restaurants outside of the the campus, and it felt like fine dining. Just just because you know it wasn't what you're used to, and I it, it, old country buffet I get is that. fine with it, dude. The I, get fucking, that. I, I, I get it. I think buffets in general, like especially after the last year of being more aware of uh, you know, 
germs and how they spread. Like, I think the buffet concept in general is, is kind of tough right now. Mm. Yeah. But like other buffets are so much better. Like you would go to any given Chinese buffet. They're trillion times better than going to old country. Old country is just disgusting. Man, well, I wouldn't, so I would Chinese buffets are their own thing in terms of like being, being awesome. I, I, I would assume like, I would put old country buffet. Honestly, like I, I think, I think golden corral probably came in and killed them because golden corral is, you know, bigger and probably had more offerings or whatever. And then there's also Ryan's and there's other buffet things. I just, yeah, I don't know. Then they, they changed it from old country buffet to like grand country buffet, I think. Yeah, because, yeah, I think they did. Buffet. because they were like, oh man, maybe uh maybe our maybe our brand shouldn't say old in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, th- that was the the average age in that place was Not like 90. Um they smell like fucking filled depends. Your worst trill. This is tough. This is tough. I I I'll eat here, okay? I won't. I won't love it if I have to eat here. I'm not going to eat here that much. I've eaten here a few different times. It's Captain D's. Captain <laughs> D's. <laughs> Captain D's nuts, like we said uh, last time. Captain I, D's apparently has really good chicken tenders. I don't know. I just I've, I really like Captain D's. Captain D's. I don't. I've never been to one. Is it that bad? Captain D's. It's not like look. It's it's tough picking a worst, right? Like because I I'm like, you know, I'm saying I like old country buffet, and I'm saying I like I like other things. It's like the fish is fish is a fast food concept's tough for me. Like I think what I'm the, saying. I think the fillet of fish is fine, but it's it's just like I I don't know. I I know. And there's Long John Silver's as well. Like I guess I could have substituted that pick in. I I just it's a hard sell for me with a complete fast food fried fish type of type of restaurant a captain d's ad once ran that was considered upsetting to watch why aggressive i'm gonna have to look into this this is interesting captain d's <laughs> um this next pick is gonna shock people austin was adamant that he got this i said i would make sure he gets it just because he left such an interesting note austin who overlaps massive lcb fan overlaps on almost everything we do and like his worst restaurant burger king message wrong he sent a note too here's his note if i don't get this i partially want to abstain from even selecting one that is how much of an absolute trash bag i think burger king is and how it has survived this long and has mainstream appeal i'll never for the life of me understand but i get that if someone else picks this absolute garbage chain that i would fuck up one of trill's final drafts so for that reason and that reason alone i will provide backup answers but let it be known i do it in protest but he does get burger king um, i mean I, I mean i hate to say it but austin just might not be a king that's the bottom <laughs> austin, line austin is one of my favorite guys we work with, the guy, but like this is tough. He's just wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. People um, can be wrong every now and then. It's a good list too. Uh, my worst, the last pick of the draft, Mister, uh, ir- uh, Mister, very irrelevant. They make so many things, and all of them suck except for just their chicken tenders. They put the letter Z at the end of things. Mm. That's fucking sheets. Sheets is trash. Sheets doesn't even hold a candle in the Wawa Sheets War. Sheets should be wiped off the face of the earth. 
It's weird. Food. I almost don't even consider them as like a fast food restaurant. I consider them more like a convenience store. Does it that make sense? Thanks. Yeah, they did, but they they're grouped in. Like they're just like them and Wall because it just they're just grouped in. Fuck sheets. Stinks. Mm. Here the I want to pick like Seven Eleven for food. I, I didn't know we could do throw in convenience stores. Yeah, Their but food I think is terrible. Yeah, sheets and sheets and Wall are kind of in that different realm, though, right? Like. I, they're they're the made to order. It's like I, I feel like they're they're different than you could pick Seven Eleven, I guess. But they sheets just sheets and, and Wawa are more well, like Wawa is more of like a like a restaurant sort of start. Wawa for sure, yeah. But sheets, I feel like they, I don't know. Sheets yeah, does I, I suck though. Your, your, your overall point is completely correct, and that sheets is yeah. trash. There's had a couple others in that list. Golden Crowls in that list. Uh, pa- I fucking hate Papa John's. Uh, yeah, but here's, yeah, the, here's the thing. You even mentioned Golden Corral. Like, how could you think Burger King is worse than Golden Corral? Like, you've just yeah. never been to Golden Corral. Then. That's uh, here's here's my list: Popeyes, Whataburger, Chick Fil A, Outback Steakhouse, Benihana, Bonefish, McDonald's fries, Wendy's Frosty, Bojangles, Bowberry Biscuits, Cracker Barrel's logo, Taco Bell's building, old school, and worst restaurant sheets. Austin representing the LCB audience: Taco Bell, Five Guys, McDonald's, Chili's, Cheesecake Factory, Friendlies. Uh, Taco Bell Slamin' Hot Doritos Locos Taco, Popeye's Spicy Chicken Sandwich, Dairy Queen's Blizzard. Uh, he also said he noted he wanted Taco Bell's Baja Blast, but the, the freeze is the popular one. It doesn't always translate. Uh, Taco Bell's old logo. Building, he clarified he wants the combo. So he's, I'm going to give him a Kentaco Hut. I feel like he's, he should get that. Like it, It's a unique thing. Uh, and then worst, Burger King. Crazy. Trills, Culver's, Domino's, Qdoba, Waffle House, Olive Garden, Fogo to Chow, which I'm glad we got a Fogo to Chow drop in there before you leave the pod. Uh, Bang Bang Shrimp from Bonefish Grill, the Rolls from Texas Roadhouse, Potato Skins from TGF Fridays, Waterburger's Logo, Cracker Barrel's Building, that's a top pick, and Captain D's is the worst. Ken Jack, Wendy's, Burger King, Cookout, Texas Roadhouse, Cracker Barrel, Red Robin, Taco Bell's Cheesy Gordita Crunch, Checkers and Rally's French Fries, Sonic's Ice, McDonald's Logo, and Building, which is, that's like a like a super team and then old country buffet if you're worst. That was great. I mean, that is, that's the greatest food chain restaurant draft of all time. It's mm-hmm. definitive. Yes, for sure. That's, that's a, those are tough. Those are all really good lists. And you can Curious tell, we, goes, you yeah. can tell we care deeply about it too. Cause we talked right. for like two hours about it and I've had fun every second. <laughs> <laughs> it was, that was thoroughly enjoyable. I've now, I literally had to move trivia. I was like, Hey, I'm going to be late. You're gonna have to wait. I'm, I'm, we're talking about we're talking about uh, we're talking about KFC 11 right. Oh now. yeah, uh, Vacation Friends is pretty good. Oh yeah, Vacation <laughs> Friends. Is, yeah, go yeah, on. That's right. It's Imagine be, being the PR person from Vacation Friends listening to this <gasps> podcast, like yeah. because it comes in their Google alerts and they're like, uh, <laughs> yeah. when are they going to talk about the movie? <laughs> yeah, they're not going to talk about it. Um, that's it for this episode. Last episode of the Trill Ballins era, Monday night. Do not ask for it before then, because we're not doing it before then. Shang-Chi, and then a massive movie draft. We're going to have Coley on. Uh, we're going to do, like, horror movie, comedy, action, actor, actress, director. We're going to just do, like, a basically what we just did, but movies. We'll do, like, an ultimate movie draft. Uh, we'll talk about random shit with Coley. There's a better idea, and then we'll do that as well. But uh, that's it. Uh, for Ken Jack and Jerome DeFlo, talk to you next time. Have a good week at the box office, folks. makes me feel good.
feel good.